Man, Holman, there was so much going on this last week that uh, I'm still reeling from it. Oh, oh, is it because we were on the uh, Quarantine Cruise live Instagram show? Uh, no. Why, by the way, is that? do they archive that? Can people see it? I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't go back and look. You know, <laughs> Neither did I. Like water under the bridge. Like, we did something, and then people will either tell us we sucked or we didn't, and then we won't even remember that we did it. Uh-huh. Well, you, you know what they can do? They can go on at Truck Show Podcast on the Instagram, and they can yeah. click through and find it, because I, I think it, did, it it's going to live on. I, I hope so, because what we said was very, um, I think it was moving. It wasn't uh, enlightening. No, was I'm not particularly proud of it. Weighty. I think it was no, weighty. No, it was, it was the opposite of that. It was enlightening. No, just fluff. Uh, not lightning. It was enlightening. No. Uh, and it none of was, that. I think we moved people. I think we moved their souls with our words. No, we moved them right off of that uh, Instagram channel. No, 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 no. We, we wiggled our way right into their ear holes mm-hmm. in another platform that uh, they will never forgive us for. Oop. By the way, I was also on another podcast mm-hmm. uh, with Hooniverse. Oh, really? Yeah, so, uh, 164 shows. Aren't you tired of each other? Where did she get that from? This is episode 164. Uh-huh. But we're actually like at 172 or 3 or well, 4. Well, she's, she's going by what's posted on Apple Podcasts. Well, I'm tired of you. Well, if you're tired of me, Allison, you certainly don't <laughs> want to go to uh, where you download your other podcasts, as if you listen to other podcasts. Because if you go to the Hooniverse Off the Road Again podcast, uh, episode 57 features yours truly. Me? Nope, this guy right here. Oh, you! Yeah. You're, you're the yours truly. That's gotcha. right. So uh, I don't. I I didn't listen to it because again, water under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you talk about? I don't remember. Was it entertaining? I think so. Did you laugh? Might have been informative. Probably. Yeah. Um, I've done a few of these, and I honestly, I'm just I do it, and mm-hmm. then I go and do other things, and I just I gotcha. don't even remember. Let me tell you what I was really excited about this last week. Okay. I was at Lone Star Throwdown. And yeah. it was off the chain. Right. Can I say that? Can I pull that off? Off the chain? Yeah, off sure. the hook? Okay. Sure. I mean, as long as you're lying, go ahead and say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was not there. But, dude, I couldn't take my eyes off Fat Fab's feed. Fat Fab's, say which is- Say Fat Fab's feed five times. Uh, Fat Fab's feed? Oh, I can't. I <laughs> get it once. <laughs> Fat Fab's feed five times. Yeah. Well, it's P-H-A-T underscore P-H-A-B-Z. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. They're really making you work for it. Uh-huh. So here's these guys are from God knows where. Where is Fat Fab's? Let me click on their profile here. And it doesn't say they're in the- Oh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. These guys have been lowering trucks since the beginning of lower trucks. And they didn't tell anyone in advance that they were going to be debuting new trucks at Lone Star Throwdown in Conroe, Texas. So they unveil two brand new 2020. Wait, 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 wait. Wh- it's, it, why is that impressive? This is 2021. We are already in March of 21. What, they couldn't get a 21? That's true. Two 21s? I have a uh, feeling they've been working on these for a while. So one That's is a, no excuse. One is a GMC 3500 uh, Duramax. Did they make the grill the look ground. any better? No, it looks cool though. And Did they the, make the mirrors look any better. And the other one is a GMC, and they are slambagoed, and it they are so so gorgeous. Uh, if you get a chance, go to Fat Fabs and check them out uh, on Instagram. There's tons of pictures. No, there's actually not tons of pictures. There's only a couple because they debuted it right before they went to Lone Star Throwdown, which I'm super bummed, dude. We should have been. We went the last couple of years. I went the last three years. You went the last year. Yeah. And um, maybe uh, maybe next year. I feel like we just missed it. Well, you know? I'm, I'm saving up all my uh, travel points for Daytona. Uh, good point. We got to see our man Jordan out there. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. We. Uh, the other thing is, I'd love to see some of our East Coast fans since we don't make it out there that much. So. Okay. Like to like to make that happen. 
That's a good time out there in Daytona. It is. It's a it's a party. It's a it's a party when they hand uh, Mr. Holman across from me uh, a an air gun. A, 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 a what kind of cannon were you wielding I there? I believe that was a CO two cannon. A CO two cannon. When there are models parading on the stage, that's a fun I'm time. Not aware of uh, what you're talking about. Ah, well, it happened. There's photos to prove it. I I only know <laughs> of photos with me um, playing to the crowd. Is Acting. that what you're calling yeah, it? It's my persona, <laughs> like see. my shtick. Like that's definitely not really me. It was uh, it was just, just the way I want you to think I am. Just in case your wife is listening. I'm and have two daughters <laughs> and yeah. All right, so what's coming up on episode 164 of the Truck Show podcast? Uh, we have our uh, friend David Page, our second David Page, by the way, from Edelbrock. He uh, oversees forced induction, and we're going to uh, talk about superchargers. Now, is this because you have one coming for your JL? Uh, actually, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so it. I, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> l- long story short, uh, I've been doing a ton of research. On... Wait, hold on. Just pause, pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the guy, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. This is the guy that said, I'm only doing my AEV stuff. Yep. I'm going to keep the engine stock because yep. I really value the warranty. Yep. I'm going to have this JL, my 2020 yep. JL, forever. Uh, and my- I don't want to hurt it in any way. Right. I don't. And so you're, yeah, you're, uh-huh. I'm going to go super conservative on the yep. powertrain. Right. That's the guy who's now putting on a supercharger. I. It's a, it's a disease. The sickness, <laughs> and when uh, Edelbrock told me that they offer a three-year, thirty-six thousand uh-huh. mile warranty, that's oh. So wait, you were clean, and they offered you one more hit. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and they said that uh, you won't die because if you do, we'll revive you. I see. And so, oh, so they have the paddles. Yeah, they did. They were big paddles. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the Narcan uh, for supercharger uh, fiends like myself. Uh, I had a blower on my old uh, Ranger uh, mm-hmm. four liter, my long travel four by four Ranger back in the day. Really? Uh, I, I, I don't did. think I knew that. Yep. So uh, that thing was awesome, and that was a Ooh. stick. Also, can and, I ask what was the blower? Do you uh, Explorer Express Root style? Ah, yep. And uh, that did thing, you did you like it? I loved it. Yeah, that thing had 17 inches of rear travel, 14 inches. No, of no, front. no, no. The, the, no, no, the no, no but I'm saying I ran out of horsepower before I ran out of suspension. So I put the blower on it because I wanted to go fast and and have fun. And that thing was a was a riot. Um, so I'm looking forward to it in the the JL. I will tell you that I did a ton of research on it, um, and. We'll talk to David about why I chose this particular. Blower. I, I'm just I'm, surprised you know, that you're you're making the move. I am too, actually, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I there's some convincing of myself. So the original question was, is that why he's on the show? Well, sort of, but not really. Um, I've been wanting to get a supercharger manufacturer on the show for a while, and in the conversation where we were talking just about me learning, and so I said, you know what, you've got so much information, and you guys have a, a wide, you know, product line. It's not just, you know, you don't just do Jeeps. You do Chevy trucks, and you do, you know, no, they do a lot of stuff, and, yeah. I, and I'm excited to talk to them about superchargers because, hey, I've got a supercharger on. Wow, hold on, three of my cars. That's true. So uh, wait, got- wait, hold on, hold on. The Mini, mm-hmm. and of course the the Benzo. Yeah. Does the Scion have one? I don't have a Scion. Your kid does? Oh. Your old XP. No, no, no. That doesn't have a Scion. The Kia doesn't. No. What am I missing? The Duramax that's going oh, in. That doesn't, have, that doesn't have an engine in it yet. So. No, it doesn't. So it's got it's nothing in it. Right now, it's just sitting in the backyard of Banks just rotting. Uh, well, that's, but it, hopefully it will have a, uh, a Whipple 3.8 liter uh-huh. with an overdrive. Uh-huh. Fingers crossed. Okay. If Dustin um, Whipple comes through. We like superchargers. What can I tell you? That's or, it. or at least we like forced induction. So we thought this would be a fun episode uh, and, and give you a little background of not only how uh, superchargers come to be in the aftermarket, but what goes into testing them, what goes into validating them, and what goes into uh, not blowing your engine up. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that's one of those concerns that you, you ask yourself before you make a purchase, but you don't really talk to your friends about it because it's kind of like a wimpy thing to say, like, 
is this going to be safe for my truck? And like, yeah. who cares? Bolt it on. No, no but you I really care. are secretly concerned, right? Well, you also care about, can I take it for an oil change? Like, does it block the oil filler port? Can you take it, it to get smogged? Can you take it to get smogged if you live in a state that has our stupid, I mean, has our wonderful rules? Right, right, right. Anyway, all right. Well, so we'll get into that with David Page. By the way, if you've heard the name David Page on the show before, we this is our second David Page, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, the first David Page is our friend from Fluid Peak Collective who did all the Nissan builds. It's a, this is a different David Page. There's actually, uh, this is the first time that we've had two different guests with the same name on the Truck Show podcast. So clearly we're coming full circle. Are they spelled the same? Yes. No kidding. Yeah. No relation. And I just think that we've had so many people on that we're running out of names. We're recycling them now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going to find another Lightning and another Holman at some point to replace us? I don't think they'll ever find another one of you and me. Oh, thank uh, they, God. They broke the mold each time. Right. Uh, and then after they they broke it, they, they hammered it out and chiseled it and they welted it kind of funny and crooked. And they, the next one, uh, yeah, it's no it's no good. All right. Before we get into superchargers, we got to thank our sponsors. Of course, Nissan, our presenting sponsor, who's been with the show for... Uh, a very long time. Since uh, almost like almost day three, right? Yeah, I think they were within the first month or month and a half of it. And they're still here with us. And this year is going to be a big year. Obviously, last year, the Titan got redesigned, the Titan XD. Uh, the new Pathfinder just ooh, got ooh, unveiled. Ooh, Frontier, Frontier. The new Frontier is coming out at the end of summer, which is pretty exciting. Uh, there, a lot of choices in the uh, truck and SUV space. And, of course, the NV line of commercial vans. So if you are looking for a people hauler or a cargo hauler, Head on down to your local Nissan dealer or NissanUSA.com where you too can build and price the Nissan of your dreams. And speaking of cargo haulers, the best one of them all is the twin sliding drawer system from Decked. How about that toolbox? That's good too, but I think you need to start with like, you know, you're talking about drugs. The <laughs> drug for Decked is uh-huh. the twin sliding drawer system. You sure it's not the D-bag? No, 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 no. Or because, the crossbox? No, no, because once you're hooked on the drawer system. The D-box? Then you start just getting them all. Well, that's true, although they give you a lot more now. When you buy that deck system, you actually get drawers and a bunch of uh, accessories with it. I forgot about that. It's yeah. all bulked together, so yeah. you don't have to add willy-nilly later. But you can, because there's room for them. Willy-nilly? No, no, no. Extra accessories. I see. So if you're interested if you're interested in a really creative way of storing all the stuff that's been rolling around in the back of your bed, look at decked.com. And while you're there, say hi to Dirk Deckman. Say that five times fast, too. I don't think I can. Come on, let's try it. <laughs> Uh, Dirk Deckman, Dirk Deckman, Dirk Deckman, Dirk Deckman, Dirk Deckman, Dirk Deckman, Dirk. Was that six? I think I did. It. <laughs> no, I think you did it. Ah, I think you did it. I almost got a neck cramp doing that here. <laughs> All right. Well, if your uh, truck's suffering from a uh, lack of uh, shock damping, <laughs> why? Well, yes, it is. <laughs> How can you tell? Uh, because is it the ride? Is it? Well, when I go over the bump, speed bumps. You, yeah, the speed bump. Uh-huh. It just it just goes up and down <laughs> forever. Well, I'm guessing you have a old used up set of twin tubes on that, and if you want to replace them and get that ride back, you can head on down to your local AutoZone or to DuralastParts.com, where they have a selection of twin tube shocks that match the OE design for vehicles equipped. Wait, you don't want to match the OE design for that old truck. You want modernization. Well, if that's the case, then you can also upgrade those twin tubes with the premium monotube shocks that are available for most twin tube applications from AutoZone and DuralastParts.com. I rang your bell. How does that feel? Feels like we should start the show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gas. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. It's The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Yeah, it is. 
164, coming to you in your ear holes. What are you eating? What are you eating? Because the music was on, I thought I could get away with it until you called me out. Normally, it's me eating, and you're like I'm all- so hungry. Yeah, you're like up in my grill so, about sorry, guys. chewing on air. Yeah, well, I'm doing it over here where I hope we've got everybody doing it. <laughs> yeah, I can still hear you. Mm. Hey, before we get into uh, Edelbrock real quick- Yeah. Um, shout out to my wife who broke Mysterio. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Your new one with the no, uh, LX speakers? No. Oh, yeah, the ELAC. So my buddy worked at Pioneer for years and years, was the head of, like, the home division before Onkyo purchased Pioneer okay. and had test units. And he'd be like, hey, we're getting a new model out. I, you know, I can sell these old test units. So I would buy these, like, $3,000 receiving and units that had THX 71 and all this stuff. Buying them, you mean that he would uh, wink and a nudge out the back door? Some, some, yes. Other okay. ones I'd buy for like three, four hundred bucks, you know, okay. just so there was something on the books. And uh, and I still have these things at the house because they're freaking bulletproof. Anyway, I do all, I put speakers. Oh, now he runs ELAC, by the way, ELAC. And yes, you can be jealous because if you know anything about home audio, ELAC is badass. So, I get all these ELAC speakers, mm-hmm. and I punch holes in my wall, and I install all the ELAC stuff. Oh, it's, it's so good. ELAC, just just check it out. If you know what, you know, if you know, you know. So then last night, I'm there with my kid, and I'm teaching him how to wire everything up. No joke. Like, we've got the wire strippers out. We're running the cables through the, through the walls. We're inserting the speakers into the speaker walls. Speaker wires? Speaker wires. Okay. Speaker wires, yep. Uh, no, you can, you can have polarity wrong, I suppose, right? Teach him how to find where the speaker well, is. Well, I mean, even if you're wrong, you're only wrong fifty percent of the time. True. Yeah. I mean, you could sound bad if you get it all the polarity wrong. If the speaker's all over the place. Anyway, so we get it all hooked up. We go for the test session, and the subwoofer's not working. I'm like, what? 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 You can't have a five-one or a seven-one system without a subwoofer. There's no audio coming out of it. And I checked the back of the stereo, and, and because, it was smoking. No, no. When my wife knew that the painters were coming over. She had to move everything out of the room, and she just unplugged all the RCAs out of the back of the thing, and instead of twisting it carefully out, I think she went at an angle and busted the subwoofer RCA output. So all of that work, I got no sub. Sucked. My kids you like, what's are wrong? telling me, you... Of all people, did not have a spare sub somewhere in the dusty garage. No, 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 no. Shelf. The sub's not broken. It's the RCA that's soldered to the one of the boards on the inside of this old receiver. Hmm. So I would wiggle it on the back, and I'd hear this. Okay, no big deal. And then I'd let go, and it would go away. Perfect. Perfect time to get a new receiver. No. Why? An equivalent, because at Best Buy, I was there a couple weeks back, just perusing Uh for other stuff. The equivalent to this one is still around 3K. Well, that's, that's a problem. L- that's a lot of cheddar. Time for a new wife. So I take it today. Okay. And I bring it to the engineering department. Fortunately, at work, we have some electrical engineers. And one of them owed me a, a favor. We pop the top off. He looks at it. We pin it out. He solders it. Booyah! I've got base! <sighs> okay. Can we talk about superchargers now? Absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dial up David Page. Hello. Hello, this is Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast looking for the product manager of the forced induction division. Would that be David Page? (laughs) That would be me. That's who you found. How are you doing tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Hold on, we have a quick intro. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill. 
tools. Wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you want to come back. Now, Holman, I think our wives are stoked on this purchase. Uh, my wife approved this one. Nice. <laughs> she said, uh, your Jeep needs to be faster. And I said, uh, I'm going to jump on the Edelbrock bandwagon. bandwagon yes. And now, your wife is a speed freak. She is. Uh, it's it's not fair, though, to continue this uh, interview with our f- new friend, David Page, without telling him that he's the second David Page on the Truck Show podcast. Awesome. There's more than two of you floating around the automotive industry, and we know both of you. And the crazy part is, David, they're they're both awesome. Well, I, we're assuming you're awesome. <laughs> the, the other David that we know. he's Listen. He's in charge of the forced induction division at Edelbrock. Of course he's awesome. Doesn't get any cooler. Hey, the, the guy's got a lot to live up to. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> True that. David, how long have you been with Edelbrock? Can you give us your quick backstory be- before we jump into uh, the science of supercharging? Sure, sure. So um, so really to answer that question, uh, I've got to get a little give a little more background. So I've been with uh, the Comp Performance Group, which is Comp Cams, fast uh, electronics tci transmissions zex nitrous powerhouse tools etc never never heard of those yeah you sure hate power don't you (laughs) (laughs) right right i want to keep everything stock yeah (laughs) no i've been i was i've been with that group uh since 2005 and as most people know now edelbrock and comp the easiest way to explain it is those two companies merged about a year ago we're about a year into this merger and with that merger came a lot of realignments and new opportunities. Obviously, the superchargers and forced induction uh, was a product line that Comp previously didn't participate in. So there's an opportunity for me to take on something new, to guide the growth of that product line, and I went for it. So I've been in that position uh, for about six months now. So um, that position's relatively new. But the organization and all the people I'm working with, I've worked with most of them for 16 years. So um, while it's new and challenging, it's also, you know, just like home. Now, you guys have uh, blower kits available for all sorts of trucks. You've got the uh, Colorado and Canyon, the Ram, F-150, of course, the GM trucks. You've got the uh, Jeep Wrangler and Gladiator. So there's a, a number of, uh, of blower kits available for our market. And... Going back to the Jeep Wrangler, that's how you and I met. I did a ton of research on superchargers, and being out here in California, we sort of have a unique uh, situation with uh, the emissions and CarBO. And uh, there are other competitors out there who make good kits that are pending, but Edelbrock is actually the only one that has a uh, a actual CarBO number to make it smog legal uh, everywhere in the country. So. That was huge. And then the more I dove into it and, and started talking to David about their philosophy on tuning and how they test and validate the fact that they don't take away any safeguards that exist in the you know, manufacturer's uh, ECU, I, I, it made me a lot more comfortable with uh, taking the plunge and, and going with Edelbrock products. And it's interesting for those of you that don't know Holman as I, like he, as much as he loves mods, well, no, I guess you're kind of a normal guy. You love mods. But you're not into breaking stuff. Like no, I hate breaking it's, stuff. It's, it's your hard-earned dollars. Yep. I know how hard you work for things, just like we all do. And you want big power, but you're not willing to sacrifice longevity. Because this JL is yours. I mean, you own it. This yeah. is not a press no, no, no. car. No, no, I own it. And it goes on deep adventures, hundreds of miles off highway. And it has to be reliable. So those are some of the things that we talked about. Uh, for instance, on the Edelbrock kit versus some of the competitors, 
The intercooler is mounted with a bracket that has four bolts. Well, you might think that's not that big of a deal. One of the competitors has two. Well, when you're off-road with all that vibration, those little things like that matter. You could also, you know, nothing is uh, is cut. You're not cutting the air box and things like that. It's all bolt-on. There's a couple really minor pieces that you trim for clearance, and that's it. The kit can effectively be returned to stock uh, at, at any time as well. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things... You know, I guess kind of the philosophy or the vision for our product line is to, you know, we we strive for OEM quality in the parts, in the installation, in the calibration, and we go through great pains to make sure we're achieving that for our customers. The, the 50 state legal, the CARB uh, exemption orders that we earn for the kits that we sell one of the one of the purposes of that is is obvious to meet the emissions requirements in states where those requirements are strictly enforced, like California. But also the level of calibration that's required uh, to attain that and maintain that it it just speaks of quality. And I hear from customers even in states where those uh, emissions requirements aren't as stringently enforced, they still just gain a trust factor in knowing that this kit meets those standards, even though they're not held to that standard. It, it gives them more confidence in the, in the kit and the system and the performance of it. So um, it's more than just meeting emission standards. It does that, but it just says something about the quality of the parts and how well it performs. I, I want to go into the detail about the, the, the parts and, and their quality, but for while we're talking about a, a CARB executive order, specifically, let's discuss how difficult it is to get that, and the parameters that you have to stay within. So we've, Holman, you and I have talked to yep. various tuners over the years. But I just, to David's point real quick, I just want to say that uh, I that's one of those things that we've talked about on the show where a CarBO may not affect you in terms of having to have your vehicle smogged, but a CarBO affects you because you can't have check engine lights on. You can't have Correct. a bunch of issues with the kit. CARB is very strict. So a lot of times, if you're trying to decide between part A or part B, and they're similar quality and, and similar uh, design, similar output, I always tell people, grab the one that has the carb number. A, you never know when your state might pick up uh, you know, the, the smog stuff from the other states, and now you suddenly have a vehicle that needs to have it. But B, going to David's point, it's the quality of engineering and the fact that it went through the carb process. It's an extra layer of, I think, engineering acumen that not everybody possesses. And, and again, that's that trust and reliability. And David, just touch on, we don't have to dig in deep, but I wanted you to tell our audience what's involved in getting a CARB executive order, especially for something like a supercharger radically changes or can radically change yeah, the performance than an of the intake. engine. Sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it can change the carbon footprint of that engine. Right. Well, and I'm not a I'm not a calibration or a uh, I should I should say I'm not an emissions engineer. We, we we have guys on staff that that's all they do is design calibrations and make sure that our parts can pass those standards. But simply stated, to get a carb exemption order, we uh, go through the testing process that where the carb the California Air Research Board sets forth standards that must be met through testing that basically says. The addition of these parts will not uh, increase hydrocarbon emissions, and and not just hydrocarbons. Uh, different years will have different standards. For instance, the 2021 Jeep has to meet an entirely different emission standard than the 2020. So we have to completely go through 
the emissions testing process and may require some additional calibration to make sure we meet the standards for 2021. So um, we're basically meeting the standards that the board sets forth. And once we're able to prove to them that we meet all their standards, we gain an exemption order that allows that product or that kit to be installed on any vehicle. And if it's installed with our calibration, it's certified to pass emission standards and uh, it not subject to any penalties of violating that. And from the comp cam side, we, we did a set of, or we did a, uh, an LS cam shaft that's carb legal. It, it doesn't require any calibration changes. It made uh, really good power gains, like, like 70 horsepower gain over stock and still met the standards. Same deal. We had to meet the standards that they set forth that basically says the addition of this product does not increase the, uh, the the harmful emissions output. David, what would you say to uh, to some of these smaller companies that use they have the following excuse, like that you you can't make power and still meet an emissions test in California, like that's just a or it's, it's just too a gov- it's too expensive. It's, I don't want to do expensive. it. There's a million reasons, but right. you, we've got Comp and Edelbrock, two of the biggest names, some of the biggest names in the industry that show that you can actually make power. And not and not pollute, or at least meet the stand the current standards. Right, sure. Yeah, I mean, it just takes work. It's like anything that's you know that's uh, worthwhile. It takes work and effort, and and on our end, it's a it's a financial investment in in the team that meets those standards, in the team that's dedicated to making sure we're we're working with the cardboard uh, in a good way, and um, it's just an investment. Yeah, it's harder for sure. You can make a lot of power cheaper and easier and quicker if you ignore those standards. But that does two things. One, it eliminates your ability to to sell and for consumers to operate that modified vehicle in California and other states that have similar standard enforcement. But also you lose that um, the trust factor we talked about earlier in saying, hey, this thing is engineered to an OEM level. If it meets these standards... I can have more confidence in it. So, yeah, there's um, there's definitely more work and, and more investment involved, but I think we do a great job of it. And I give all the credit to uh, to our team of calibration engineers. Uh, they're they're amazing, right? And we couldn't do what we do without them. And um, the fruit of their labor is the you know the uh, these kits that have carbios and um, and all the benefits that come along with that. One of the things that I that attracted me uh, to your setup, horsepower, right? But right. but not the way, not in the way that you're thinking, right? So uh, the the Jeep uh, Wrangler uh, JL is uh, 285 horsepower, 260 pound feet of torque, and uh, they dyno stock anywhere from 210 to about 220 or so uh, in stock trim, and all these manufacturers. Before I uh, got to Edelbrock, we're quoting at the rear wheels going from like 220, let's say, to like 390, 385. That's the, a huge jump. Massive. And the, the Pentastar, the 3.6 second generation that is in the uh, JLs and the Gladiators, they upped the compression ratio on the pistons. And so it was one of those things where you're like, man, that's, that's a lot of horsepower. I'm not looking to do four-wheel burnouts in my Jeep. I'm not looking... To you know, drag race and clutch dump, you know, on thirty sevens. <laughs> what I am looking to do right. is I want to leave it in six gear as long as I can on the highway, climbing hills 
or pull I-70 in Colorado, instead of at third gear and 70 miles an hour, I'd like to do it in fifth gear or pass on a two-lane road or have better uh, low-end torque for crawling off-road. Or in my case, and a lot of people who have a similar issue in a JL, the 3.6 doesn't make a lot of low-end torque. So what happens is when you have a Rubicon, the four, the, the four high is great if you're going 10 miles an hour or, or faster, maybe 15 or faster. But there's a hole in the power band where it's sometimes better to be in four low at lower speeds and in third gear than it is to be in four high in first gear. And so right. I, there's times that I find myself in four low and there's no real reason other than there's that torque. And with a supercharger, now I'll have more tractability of, of the you know, engine output and I can stay in four high longer and not rest, uh, stress the rest of the drivetrain components with a four-to-one transfer case. So there's a ton of reasons. And so Edelbrock has uh, their rear wheel horsepower at 331, which is still right. more than 100 horsepower more than it came from the factory. And, I'm go- and it just, to me, felt like it's a safer tune. It's not on the ragged edge. And the fact that they got a carbio number... To me, was like okay. This is this is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the highest numbers. This isn't the measuring contest. This is drivability, and so I'm really approaching this from how does it improve the overall drivability of the vehicle versus I have the most horsepower out of anybody here. Well, I'm curious, uh, David. I'd, I'd like to hear from you about um, where did you take this? Like you knew what the competition. You're, you guys are smart. You knew what the competition was making, right? You knew their kits. You could have gone there and didn't, but talk us through that process. Well, no, I'll say you can get the Edelbrock without their can tune. So if you're in a non-smog state and you want to make your own tune, they do have that option as well. Obviously, for me, Absolutely. I want the Edelbrock tune I because see. that's the Carbio. So there are opportunities right. to make more money, but this is within the confines. More power. Or I'm sorry, more power. Right. Well, more money, too. <laughs> uh, more power, but within the confines of the Carbio, this is where it's at, and that's perfect for what I'm looking for. Gotcha. Well, a couple of points. One, part of uh, the exemption order, the CARBO, uh, mandates a certain blower pulley size. We have to state in our documentation this testing was done with this size pulley. So if you're outside of those requirements and those restrictions, it's super easy and not very expensive to just simply change the pulley size and raise the boost and have a, a qualified tuner build you a calibration and I mean, the sky is almost the limit for power at that point. But um, I kind of go back to my roots with fast EFI in that a lot of people look at the tuner when they're tuning a car. And I'm not talking about a supercharger kit, I'm just in general. And they think that the power's in the keyboard, right? And if the engine's not making the power they want, the tuner just has to keep pecking the keys and, you know, more timing and more fuel or less fuel. And eventually the power get there. But I always felt like that was a flawed approach. Really, the job of the tuner is to make the engine run to its potential and run well. That's it. The engine's going to make the power it's going to make if it's tuned well. So to that end, we approach it that way. We don't really have a horsepower number. We're, we're tuning this engine from a similar approach that the OEMs take. For instance, uh, once we do our baseline Then we install the supercharger. We do some dyno tuning and and kind of rough in the tune and kind of find out what the max power is. And then we drive the vehicle for miles and miles and hours and hours and get the drivability. Then the real work begins. We go to uh, something that some people are familiar with and some people are not called the Baker grade. Starts at 960 feet above sea level in Baker, California. 
and it, in 19 miles, it climbs to 4,130 feet. So it's a grueling test. As a matter of fact, it's a well-known place that companies that manufacture radiators and cooling systems go to test their systems to see how well they work because it's a steady, heavy load. And not only do we drive that grade, we hook a 7,500-pound 7, 7, box trailer, small enclosed trailer on the back and tow up that. So you're going to encounter catalytic converter temperatures and air temperature and coolant temperature that you're not going to encounter on the chassis dyno or even driving around town. But when we sell a system to a customer, we feel like they should be able to hook whatever they want to and tow wherever they want to without any concerns. And the only way we can offer that confidence is to do it ourselves. So we do that testing. We're monitoring spark knock. Um, so that's kind of the first round. Then we get through with that. We uh, do elevation testing. We go to Big Bear, California, Onyx Pass, 8,000 feet of elevation. Loveland Pass in Colorado, 14,000 feet, which is the highest commercial road in the United States. And we, we test our calibrations in those conditions. I don't want the customer to be the one putting this stuff to the test. We do that first. So we provide it to you. You just go enjoy your vehicle. You don't have to be concerned about that. And the thing is, if you want OEM level reliability, you've got to be willing to do OEM level calibration, testing, and validation. And that's what this process is. And the result is this is the power that this engine will reliably make and meet all the emission standards. And we have confidence in that. And um, so the horsepower number is what it is, you know, but no matter how you slice it, um, yes, 333 horsepower at the tires is a good number, but to some people, they don't understand that. So I like to talk percentages. That's a 44% increase. So you're approaching a 50, you know, you're approaching the level of doubling the horsepower. Anybody understands that, right? When you tell somebody, I'm going to hold on. Your power. Hold on, they're applauding. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> cheering. <laughs> it's a big crowd for Edelbrock. Yeah. And, and not only are you getting that horsepower safely and reliably. I can't hear you, Holman. But you're not melting your cats, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah, right. And your tunes are, some of the other guys are at 93 octane. You guys are at right. 91, which is a 91. hell of a lot easier to find. And so for me, that's a... <laughs> I, I I love uh, I love hearing. And the other thing we talked about, you guys offer a three year, thirty six thousand mile warranty on your product and the drivetrain. And what's yes. different about your warranty is, a lot of people say that or they do it, but they offer it through a third party insurance company, and they basically buy you a policy when you buy the blower, and they aren't gonna right. pay. You guys right. do it in house. So if I have in-house. a problem, I call Edelbrock, and Edelbrock handles it. That speaks volumes because. You're taking you're taking the risk. I mean, if this guy breaks something, uh, he breaks the transmission because of your blower, right? He's going to come right. to you. You you uh, you allowed me to make too much power, and I you know snap third gear. Or and I whatever. couldn't control my right foot and had, was having too much fun as I was doing <laughs> right? uh, right. four wheel burnouts in the parking lot. But I mean, that's right. like a job for an actuary where he says, you know what, uh, you know, David, I don't uh, think this is a smart idea. Us underwriting your your new supercharger. But yeah. they've got the faith in your product that it's not going to break the vehicle. Sure, sure. It's, it's, it's similar to the 50-state uh, legal status in some ways. 
even if, say you've got a vehicle that's got more than 36,000 miles on it before you install this kit, well, obviously you're not going to qualify for that warranty. But just the fact that we're willing to provide that warranty says how confident we are in this whole process we've been talking about, right? The calibration's done. We're, as you said, you got to be really confident to stand behind something in that way. And, uh, and we are, and we do. So one of the other things that we talked about that I, that I was also interested in is ECMs are a huge headache on modern vehicles in terms of getting the tune in them and stuff. So there's a, a process where you have to send the, the ECM or ECU out to you guys where That's you right. unlock it, and then the, the, the um, tune can be loaded into it. But one of the right. things that you guys don't mess with are any of the safety features that the manufacturer uh, has in there. So the knock sensors and all the, the, the calibration for the limit and safeguards that the manufacturer already has in place, you guys don't take that out. That's all still there. You just tell the engine how to run. Well, so there are some companies that will raise the coolant temp, raise, sure. and, and they do that so they can get more power, right, yeah. if they raise all the thresholds. But then you're putting your engine in jeopardy, or, obviously. Or they mess with what's called the BIOS inside the uh, the computer that if you go ever go back, you can brick it, and now you have to buy $800 computer right. from the from the dealer. Well, so can you talk right. us through, David, um, if you know most of our customers have never had to send their ECM in to be quote-unquote jailbroken. Right. And, and so right. what is that process? Like, why can't the average person just plug in? There are some vehicles, some new vehicles that you can still plug in today, some Ford product, whatever. You can buy, like, 4Scan or whatever. You just connect it to the OBD port, and you can upload your tune. Others, like the right. new Duramax, you have to send in your ECM, and they they change the chip on it, right? Um, and, and so talk us through some of that. Well, as, as the vehicles get more complex as they have more uh, control modules in them and those control modules all have to communicate with each other, it, it just becomes a more complicated process to go in there and modify the calibration at all. And uh, some are easier than others, but as, as time goes on, the newer the vehicle, typically the more difficult that process is. And it's now progressed to the point where a lot of vehicles do require that we actually have the PCM sent to us to be unlocked and then we send it back and then it's ready for the user to install the calibration with a, a module that we provide with a kit. They plug into the vehicle, USB cable plugs into that and then plugs into their laptop and it allows them to go in and load our calibration. Um, what we, Some of the things we do to make this more convenient, when we ship a kit, it's got a box pre-made especially for the PCM with a label on it we cover the shipping for them to take their PCM out and ship it to us before any of this installation starts. So if you open up the instructions, which is a nice big three ring binder, because it's very thorough, the first page addresses, hey, don't don't start pulling the supercharger on yet. You got to send your PCM into us, unlock it. Here's the process. It's prepaid shipping label already on the box. We make it as easy as possible. Uh, we next day airship both ways to speed this process up. And uh, while it's, you know, it's a little more inconvenient, it's just necessary because of the complexity of the modern vehicles. And David, and, uh, as, a, as a customer, should I be concerned with that? Because there are horror stories back in the day of, you know, your iPhone, you'd have it unlocked so you can use different carriers and whatnot. How does that relate in the the modern ECM world where I'm sending in my physical device, you know, I'm unplugging it from the harness of the engine bay, right? 
and I'm sending in it. The things, I mean, some of these are huge. They're almost, you know, nine inches square and two inches thick. I'm sending you this giant thing and you're going to heat it up and open it and then take a chip out and put something else in. Like, should I be fearful of that or as a customer? No, not, yeah, not at all. I mean, we've, we've, uh, we partner with other companies to, uh, that have perfected this process of uh, quote, unlocking the PCM. And, you know, there's, uh, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. We pride ourselves in doing it the right way where we maintain all the factory uh, safety features and security features. Uh, I've heard stories of some uh, manufacturers that will disable some of the safety or security features in a PCM enabled to unlock it. We don't do any of that. We maintain all the factory features. We just simply make it accessible to receive our calibration and that's it. So uh, maintaining all the factory functions is is uh, is just a standard we won't compromise on. David, when you, we talk about modifying the calibration, what are you referring to the the fuel table, or what is it that you're that you're yeah, you're altering? Yeah, the, right. The fuel table, the spark timing, um, what ha- what happens to those two as air temperature changes? Obviously, when you compress air, it gets hotter and uh, it gets less dense. Um, so the density affects the fuel need, but it also increases the, uh, potential for knock. So, so the fuel and the spark are both manipulated based on air temp readings, uh, in a way, because the engine's now going to see temperatures that it would never see if it was naturally aspirated. So we have to build tables that uh, are ready to operate in higher pressures, meaning, you know, that's what happens with boost. You have higher pressure in the, in the intake side of the engine, but also higher air temperatures. Um, also, there's some of the transmission functions that are affected. Some of the torque management is uh, tweaked. Not on mine, to... there isn't. Oh, yeah, manual <laughs> gearbox. But you're a another, rarity. Another reason for a manual right here, though. Right. Oh, but, so, so what yeah. you're saying is you have a man pedal in your Jeep. Yes, I do. <laughs> pedal. Okay. All right. Good. He is, you good. are the rarity, Ma- though. You know the Manual, most... capital M-A-N. Man. You, there you go. Most of our audience is not drive. Well, I don't know the most, but many are, are I, not. I wouldn't call the audience out. I'd just call people out in general. People. Okay, yeah. well, I'm not speaking to people in general. I'm speaking to the people that are listening. Yeah, but they are all right. gearheads, and every one of them knows how to use three pedals. I'm just saying, every last person listening knows, because otherwise they wouldn't be listening to such an awesome show like this. Right. <laughs> wow. There you go. Of course. But in the case that someone has a, a manual trans, or I'm sorry, an automatic transmission, some of the transmission uh, functions are, are modified as well. Uh, we, you know, we kind of look at the whole powertrain package. We provide a warranty for the powertrain, so it just stands to reason that uh, the electronic control of the transmission would be addressed as well. Um, so uh, some of the interesting features, some some upcoming products for us in the truck market uh, are going to uh, have turbo chargers. So now we enter the world where the, the boost levels are. <laughs> Thanks, Holman. Yeah, right. So the boost levels are manipulated electronically and the wastegate controls and things like that. So, all kind of fun stuff happens. The electronics makes the makes the horsepowers happen in a lot of cases. So uh, I, I did I did uh, sense some foreshadowing that his mm-hmm. title is not the uh, supercharger manager, but is no, it's forced the induction. Forced induction manager. Yeah. So you, uh, you can read read into that what you will, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's exciting things coming beyond uh, 
yeah, beyond the, the where we've been with the superchargers. Well, so, let, yeah, I want to rewind just a little bit, David, and go back to you're talking about uh, air temps, right? So it's all about mm-hmm. managing those air temps. Well, you have an air to water or a liquid coupled intercooler. So can you talk us through that? Because as important as your uh, Eaton TVS supercharger is, you've got an intercooler to keep those temps down. Talk us through that. So with my background being in calibration, I can geek out on this if you're, if you'll, if you don't. Oh, please. So, uh, you know, basically the way you make power with an engine is you just pack more oxygen into it and more, you know, more air. And the supercharger does that, right? It, It compresses the air. So you're forcing more air molecules in. But the temperature that's generated by that compression works against it, right? If you think a hot air balloon, the air heats up. If you could see air molecules, what you would see is the air molecules boiling out like a bunch of fat guys in a small room, right? They're crowded. Hey, how did you know what our studio looks like? I'm I'm talking about myself. (laughs) So, so yeah, when the air gets hotter, it expands and and it is warm in here today. Yeah. 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 So less (laughs) molecules occupy that space. So as the boost level comes up, it's increasing the density of the air. As that air temperature increases, that counteracts it a little bit. But the reality is the uh, the density you gain from the boost almost always is still a, a net gain, right? You're Even though the air temperature is working against you, you're still getting more power because you're packing more air in. But we we bring in the intercooler, and all all that's you know all all manufacturers use uh, some form of intercooler to cool that air back down. But what a lot of people don't realize is that cooling effect is just as beneficial to power as boost. If you had zero boost and you cool the air down, you have increased the density. So you're packing more air into the engine. You put more fuel in to go with it. You make more power. So we use a, a brick style in the in case of the Jeep kit. There's a brick located in the intake manifold below the blower. And then there's a heat exchanger, which is like a small radiator that circulates its own coolant and it drops the air temperature. It, and, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, there's four bolts that mount the heat exchanger out in the front. There's no drilling required of the vehicle It all bolts to, to factory holes. So, um, you know, no drilling, no fabricating required. But that does the work of bringing those air temperatures back under control. So obviously you've well engineered the intercooling system. Um, go to the pulley for a second. I think that you, uh, I was just tooling around on the internet. And I think you got a, uh, your, your carb EO for uh, like a 2.65 inch diameter pulley, right? Something mm-hmm. like in that neighborhood. What right. happens when I, uh, if I'm not in California and I drop that pulley size to oh, two and a half inch or two and a quarter inch and make it really small mm-hmm. and I'm spinning those rotors like mad. Um, right. and what kind of power, could you well, get two questions. Kit? What kind of power can you get? But also, at what point do you need a new tune? How much adaptability is in the ECU to manage something like that? Well, I would say that um, our tune is very specific to the our calibration. I should say is very specific to the pulley setup that's supplied. I would say if you change the pulley at all, you you have you have accepted the responsibility of uh, getting a new calibration. Um, I would not, um, you know, there's things you can get away with and then there's what you should do. And I would like to only address what you should do. And, uh, I would say any, if you're seeking more power, it's worth the investment in my opinion to take it to a chassis dyno and have, you know, have somebody hook up to it. That's, um, 
experienced in tuning, we will have already unlocked the PCM for you. So you could take it to any tuner that has the appropriate software and he can hook up and build you a new calibration for the higher boost levels. Um, I think of it kind of like a tire pressure gauge, right? If you're, if you're, if your range for your tire pressure is, uh, say zero to 20 PSI, you really don't want a zero to 100 PSI gauge because you got all this headroom that you're never going to take advantage of and you give up resolution down there in that range where you're going to be. Same with the calibration. We build the calibration to run in the area where that pulley puts you. So therefore uh, you're getting all the resolution that you can get and it's well tuned in the area you're going to be. If you decide to move out of that range, just like you would need a new tire pressure gauge, you need a new calibration to work in that area as far as the boost and the, the air temperatures that you might see. As far as power, I mean, I I think 400 at the tires is possible. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, what you what your everything in life is a risk versus reward proposition. <laughs> what are you, what are you willing to break? You're risking those big lugs on your mud terrains at that point. Right, <laughs> right. Right. And, and probably some say, new joints. I would say this, let's just, let's just see how you, uh, enjoy overlanding in your vehicle when you finish the installation and the, and, and go drive it some and come back. Um, I, you know, this is not a drag race application. I work with a lot of those and that's a different scenario right sure. there. We're really just worried about power and we absolutely have some kits for certain vehicles that are geared toward that type of use. Um, but in this case, um, you know, this is a well-engineered kit that will give you a lot of good use. And uh, as you mentioned early in this conversation, breaking parts isn't fun. Bolting on new parts is fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rem- it's true. Removing and replacing broken parts, not so much. So, um, hey, yeah, I don't, you know, sky's the limit on the power. David, what, uh, so when you're, Coming up with a kit, you're like, this is a hot vehicle, right? The the Gladiator, the JL, they're selling like absolute hotcakes. Small block Chevy Silverados. That's exactly right. Well, but but specifically this one, when you're uh, you've got a, a blank whiteboard on the on your office wall, and you're like, we, we we make. I'm in the forced induction department. I can do a turbo for this. I can do a supercharger for this. How do you arrive at the supercharger? Like, is it just you want the instant throttle response? You think it deserves it, or you could have easily made a turbo kit. So can you talk us through that decision? Sure. I mean, with a supercharger, the response is typically better. And especially in something where you may be in a crawling situation where you don't want to have to go half throttle to get the thing spooled up and going, right? You want to be able to just tip in, you know, that's a common word we use in, in calibration and, and, and as a, somebody that rock crawls, you know, you're going to tip in and try to creep up over something. The power is more linear, I would say uh, linear meaning throttle input to power output, right? Whereas other applications, uh, they're not quite as linear. And, and maybe in other applications, it doesn't need to be. But in this application, and really in all the truck applications, I think it's important that the power be very linear, linear for drivability, for different situations you might put the vehicle in. Uh, the Jeep, I mean, just drive down the road and look around. They're everywhere. So, number one, uh, there's a lot of them on the road. Number two, there's a lot of great um, modifications, you know, wheels and tires, lift, uh, accessories that add weight to the vehicle. Every one of those things is going to make it need more power to pull that 
comfortably, right? So it was just a the Jeep was a no brainer. It's like there's great companies making great parts for these things, and there's there's engine swaps too. A lot of guys will put you know the the Hemi engine in them, and and some of them may put the you know even LS swaps. Some people may think that's uh, yeah, but you're looking at uh, twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars for a V eight swap in a JK or JL versus sixty five hundred for a smog legal all inclusive bolt on right. supercharger kit and you're making about the same uh, horsepower depending on uh, what size of uh, a v8 you put in there you go and you know one of the you know there some of the installers that we've worked with and, and some that even fall into the upfitter category um they like the fact that it's still an oe legal kit right it's still a it's still a, a 50 state legal kit and none of the other swaps are so uh, it just made sense you know it just it just works great. It, it's it's a win-win. I wanted to touch on, David, um, some advantages that Edelbrock has over more home-brewed systems. I'm looking at the kit on your webpage, edelbrock.com, and the, the, the quality of castings, the machine work, to do a casting is is just that part of it right there is not cheap. So anybody can can weld, can fabricate, can machine. A lot of guys have, you know, little Haas mini mills. They can do stuff like that, but... To cast parts is a major investment, and I I think I'm correct in saying, Edelbrock, you own your own foundry, right? That is correct. That's correct. Um, Vic Edelbrock had the foresight years ago that if he wanted consistently good made-in-USA castings, he was going to have to do it himself, and he did that. He built a, a fantastic modern foundry in, in uh, San Jacinto, uh, the Hemet area there. And um, so it's awesome because our engineers can literally develop a CAD drawing. We can have the tooling made and we can ha- cast our own parts. We don't have to rely on a common parts that other companies are using and sharing. We, we literally design and make our own from molten, you know, from bars of aluminum to a uh, finished casting. We machine them in house. Um, and, you know, one example the design of the Jeep kit has the supercharger sitting on top and then the intercooler brick, and then there's a manifold. And a lot of the competitors' companies underneath the intercooler brick, it's just a big open space that goes into the six intake ports. Ours, we actually used uh, some of our design um, uh, experience from the cylinder head and the intake manifold divisions to design an actual manifold with long runners, which really helped promote low RPM torque. So that's a that's a uh, proprietary design of our system that differs from other systems. Some of the other features like that are uh, some of the Jeep kits to change the oil and remove the oil filter. You actually have to remove the supercharger head unit. With ours, you don't do that. The oil filter is still fully accessible. Uh, I'm certain that in that design, that was an afterthought, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, they already but, had the casting drawings uh, up, and yeah, some of yeah. them offer, there's it's a two-piece filter to try and get it out of the corner. There's a special tool, um, things right. like that, and, and uh, the, you know, the Edelbrock charger uh, does cover up the oil uh, fill uh, hole, but you just fill it through the canister uh, where, right. where the oil filter's going to go anyway, so you don't really lose that functionality. So being able to service it is is basically as easy as it is stock right right so that's some of the benefits to answer your question uh 100 usa made parts cast designed cast machined by us 
uh, in the United States, there in California, and that'll continue to happen. You know, that, that foundry is a, a thriving facility, and uh, it's really an amazing thing to see the birth of parts, right? To see our guys design them, to see the foundry cast them, to see it come over and be machined and turn into a part. Um, that's an amazing advantage we have to be able to do that ourselves. And can we touch on David uh, Eaton? You're using a, a, a TVS thirteen twenty, right? Which is uh, mm-hmm. with thirteen hundred and twenty cubic centimeters per revolution uh, per revolution, right? Per revolution, and, that's right. right. Talk us through because there are actually a surprisingly large number of of blower manufacturers out there it's it's still you can count them on one hand but like there's not just right. well, there, yeah there, there's centrifugal styles this is a eaten root style there's several versions i mean there's competitors using a tvs 1900 for example versus a 1320 so maybe talk about right. why this was the right blower size for the displacement and the power output versus some of the other guys and uh there's just a lot of choices out there right now well to to address that let's go back to the conversation about air density so as you as you increase uh, the movement on the compression of air, you increase heat. And it gets to a point where it's not as efficient, right? It gets to a point where you're you're giving up so much by heating up the air. Diminishing returns, more, right? I mean, you're just... Absolutely. Okay. Diminishing returns. So typically, you know, uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. The larger displacement engines require a larger displacement supercharger to compress the air and, and force it into the engine. Uh, the 1320 is just a perfect fit, and I think the power numbers, you know, speak for themselves. And uh, like I say, it, it's nowhere close to maxing out the supercharger with the carb EO pulley. Uh, if, if somebody has a goal of making a lot more power, it's real simple to speed the blower up a little bit. And you still just have a blower that is more properly sized for the displacement of the engine, plus the packaging is better, right? We don't run into issues where we're covering up the oil filter or things like that. The unit fits well under the hood and and uh, and everything just packages well. It's just the right fit. The the partnership with Eaton is great. And and as you said, yes, there are other manufacturers that use the Eaton rotors, but there it's an OEM level unit, you know, uh, built to OEM specifications on OEM scale, right? So their testing and their validation process is second to none. So, um, you know, it's a great uh, it's a great partnership and that's a great plan. I wouldn't call it the foundation. You know, we all take their rotor groups and build our own housings. Right. So um, that's a great partnership with a company that, you know, when somebody does something right, hey, uh, work with them. Right. And that's what we've done with Eaton. We have a great partnership with them. Well, it sounds like uh, with with the Eaton relationship along with the foundry where you're really controlling these cast parts from the beginning all the way through the end uh, and have such control over that supply chain, this goes back to your original comment about how focused you are on having OE quality components and maybe even expound upon that a little bit with what does that mean to Edelbrock OE quality components and what does that mean to the end user when they see what's coming out of the box? Because everything that comes out of that box is, is, is I mean... OE quality. It looks like it came out of your dealership um, parts department. Right. You know, I've worked on cars since I was 15 years old. I'm 47 years old now. So one of the things I always like to do is when I worked on something, if I was modifying it, to try to, it's like a sense of pride when you do something, you're like, you know what, that looks like the factory would have done it that way. 
you know, you mount something and you're thoughtful about where you mount it, how you mount it, how you route wires and hoses. And your goal is to, cause we've all seen the opposite, right? You pop the hood and you're like, oh man, this guy just <laughs> slapped these, what a mess. Yep. <laughs> drape, drape these wires across here. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, when I first worked on stuff, I didn't know any better. And I did the same thing. And then you start seeing high level work and you're like, Hey, I want to make, I want to make my work look like that. And that's the approach we take. All the hoses are molded. You know, there's no universal flex hose in any of the coolant lines or anything like that that comes with the kit. Everything is OEM quality and OEM connected. So it literally looks like if Jeep made a supercharged engine and put it in there, this is what it would look like. If it had an Edelbrock logo. (laughs) If it had an Edelbrock logo. I mean, you guys are doing it also with the stock hood. Everything fits under there and uh, can close. There's no, you know. Again, you're doing it within the the footprint of the original. Now, wait a engine. minute. You don't have the, the, the blower popping out like an old hot rod? Like a rat <laughs> no, rod but, in the 50s? You, but you can get a blower like that if you want to. Yeah. If you got a Sawzall, get after it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we say on the, uh, the Truck Show podcast, don't fear the Sawzall. Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, David, right. tell us, uh, talk us through some of the, the other products that you've been working on. I mean, it is, it's the Truck Show podcast. It's not necessarily the Jeep sure. Show pro- uh, podcast. So. What else can we? I know you can't talk about future product, well, but you might there, be able to. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, can you spill any beans, or can you tell us uh, what's on the? I'm a, yeah, I might already be in trouble if my boss. Listens <laughs> to this, Don't but, worry, nobody listens you know, to this show. You're you, good. You wouldn't be the first. I, I can, yeah, I can tell you. You know, certainly we've got offerings for uh, the Dodge trucks. You know, the Chevy trucks, all Chevy GM trucks. Are you talking we've about got, on the Dodge side? You're a Ram. You're talking about the Hemi's. Yes. Okay. Yes. We've got stuff for the 5.7 and 6.1 Hemis, um, GM trucks, 5.3 and 6.2 liter GM trucks. Um, they make great power. Um, we've got something coming for the Ford guys. We've already, we've already made kits for the, uh, we make a supercharger kit for the five liter Coyote engine um, that is, is in some of the F-150 trucks. Uh, the V6 Ford guys, there's there's really exciting things coming from them, and that's that's about all I can say on that. Mm. I'm liking that. Uh, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't ignore our friends in uh, Mazda Miatas either. They do make a, a supercharger no. for those. No, as a matter of fact, a great friend called me today from New Jersey and said, "Hey, I'm working on a, a 17 Miata, and I've tuned a bunch of them. What have you got?" And I said, "We've got a a nice little supercharger for that. Uh, also, um, the Subarus. We've got a nice supercharger kit for the Subaru." Uh, and that's a cool deal because of the design of the engine. It's just like a perfect place to put a supercharger hovering right above it with the runners going down each side. Um, that's a nice kit. That's interesting, Obviously, David. David, do you feel like Edelbrock has been pigeonholed as being the muscle car guys because that's the roots of Vic and all that back in the day? Because when you look at the product offerings, you guys really have a wide breadth of products that you're covering. Yeah, I think uh, for years that – that was an image that the company had and it's not one I'm ashamed of. It's certainly, uh, we certainly still have a lot of product offerings aimed toward the muscle car market. Uh, but I will say there's been a lot of investment in the, um, the last few years, uh, in the later model applications. And I'm glad because if not for that, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? We're, we've got a, an application here that we're all excited about and, and all the truck, uh, the truck kits that we make and uh, the off-road or I would say hobbyist type vehicles um, are a result of that vision to spread out the uh, 
uh, to broaden the the scope of our product offerings, right? The, uh, some of these, you know, the, the Chevy Colorado V6 is, uh, you know, just, just for instance, um, we're not a V8 company anymore. We do that well, but now we're, we're talking about some really cool V6 offerings, uh, the Jeep kit, the Colorado, the V6 Camaros. Um, we've got some great kits for those, four-cylinder Miata, Subaru, um, by Some the way, of those that, uh, that GM 3.6 liter uh, V6 that's in the uh, Colorado, uh, now mm-hmm. it's got the 8-speed automatic behind it. I like that better than the when they had the 6-speed. The 8-speed's really nice behind it. Uh, they're making right. Edelbrock 345 horsepower and 306 pound-feet of torque at the wheels. That's healthy. Well, we've, nice. got a, yeah. we've got a company truck that's a Colorado that when I'm in California, I've got to drive it a few times. and Man, it's healthy. I mean, it's <laughs> it's peppy. And for the size of the truck, it's great. You know, it's it's a great add-on, and uh, and that that's surprisingly uh, those some of those more unique offerings have been some of the ones we've sold the more the most of. So um, so yeah, I want to keep that muscle car market, and I want to continue to uh, design new products to meet their needs. But um, you know, if somebody said, "Do you want to do muscle cars, or do you want to do these modern truck applications?" My answer is yes. <laughs> well, and it's funny because uh, we don't want you, uh, any of our listeners, to think Edelbrock has gone soft on the American V8 or muscle cars because you do make kits for both the Camaro and the Corvette as well as the uh, Chrysler Hemi. Assume that is probably for uh, car applications as well. So yeah. there are – are you working on the new C8? You got anything uh, in the in the, uh, in the hopper? <laughs> <laughs> this is a truck I show. Nobody, hey, nobody it, knows. Hey, I, did it did it crack you up? I know he can't say anything. Did it crack you up? The YouTubers that are, that are bricking their uh, their ECMs and blowing up their their new C8s because they're 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 out there bolting on twin turbos with no tuning, and they're surprised when they blow up the engine. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised because I've unfortunately or maybe fortunately I've got to see behind the scenes what it takes to get there. And it's not a short, easy road, and it's not for it's not for everybody. But they they'll figure. You know, there's guys that'll figure it out, and there's there's some of those guys out there that that know how to do that properly, and then there's others that don't. But, um, <laughs> and, yeah. and those who won't figure it out. Uh-huh. Uh, it, for those of you guys out there with a uh, small block carbureted Chevy engine, uh, twenty six ninety will get you the Edelbrock one twenty two supercharger kit. Uh, for the 302 to 400 cubic inch displacement Vortex small block Chevy. Did you say 2600 bucks? Yeah. That's super for cheap. For fi- 500 plus horsepower. Yep. Car rate. Yeah, you take a bone, bone stock small block Chevy. We have it in the Vortex head style and in the early uh, standard head bolt style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. One of our bigger, one of our bigger sellers, you know, uh, it's straightforward. And it also uses the the Eaton rotor packs like the rest of our units. So with a carb sitting get, on top, uh, which has got to be bitching to see inside yeah, under a hood. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, so you get that OEM quality, design, quiet, ease of use. I mean, all these rotors they have a hundred thousand mile service life. So that just means you don't have to change the oil in the supercharger. They're self-contained. So the gears are, are, are lubricated in a self-contained chamber, hundred thousand miles before you have to worry about it or touch it. So uh, that same technology goes into that universal carbureted style supercharger. I'm impressed even more now. I'm, I'm so excited. We're going to hopefully get the blower on in the, uh, in the next couple of weeks here. And yeah. uh, we'll definitely have to uh, circle back with you in terms of uh, what we find on data. We uh, we just dynoed it yesterday, 
We did the baseline okay. on it, and okay. uh, we installed a Banks iDash, which is uh, their OBD2 uh, gauge that reads uh, okay. up to uh, 4,000 uh, different parameters. parameters. Yeah. Should we tell everybody what, what mine dynoed at with uh, 48 gears, a manual, and a snorkel, and 37s? Or do we wait for the, <laughs> or do for we the wait? video? Hmm. No, no. Let, let's so let's share it. Let's share it with our podcast listeners. Okay. So uh, we saw about uh, just under two hundred and eleven at the wheels. Okay. I mean that's pretty respectable. I, I was thinking it would be sure. somewhere around two ten, two fifteen. So right, right in the neighborhood. I will tell you, the larger tires eat up a lot more horsepower than most people would believe. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a common. You know, we've had people that thought you know their supercharger wasn't performing like it was supposed to on the dyno. And especially on trucks. And right? they're like, well, but I got 40 inch tires and 321 <laughs> gears. I just yeah. don't understand. <laughs> right. Well, and the gears don't necessarily, you know, a lot of the, the gear will, will get you the mathematical ratio back. Sure. But it will not compensate for the weight of the rotating, the rotating mass. mass so, yeah. yeah. Well, let's so, talk about so your I snorkel would, for a second. Your, your snorkel, for example, yep. just the, the pre-filter, which looks like the mushroom on yeah. top. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I've got a, a cyclone pre-filter, which is OE on any military Oshkosh JLTV. It's on the Humvees. It's also on, I believe, John Deere and Caterpillar Agricultural Implements. It's a great uh, little centrifugal um, pre-filter that spins based off the, the draw from the engine that you put on top of your snorkel, and it shoots out any large particles out these little side vents and gives you a cleaner charge of air going to the air filter. And they actually really work. There's, all, there's some science behind it. Uh, military uses them in the desert. They're, they're great. Uh, so we were curious. I've got the there's, – there's two versions for my engine. Uh, one is the regular 9001, and one is the 9001R. We're going to have these guys actually on the show, working with uh, getting them on to talk about the technology. But uh, the 9001 is rated at 275 CFM. And the 9001R is rated at a 350, I believe, CFM. All right. So I've got the lower CFM model. And I was actually surprised it only uh, took away about three and a half horsepower. And, oh, wow. That's good. And after taking the fil- the, the, the uh, uh, airbox and opening it up, um, I had this, it's been about 5,000 miles since I cleaned the filter. And I was on a trip, a four wheelers overland adventure, which had 40 vehicles. And I was the tail gunner. And you hmm. could barely see any dust inside the uh, the intake tube prior to the filter. So they really were- Oh, that, co- had to, that had to make you feel good. Yeah, yeah. right? Because you're thinking, well, uh, you know, is this thing really going to work? And with a blower on it, or I, actually just on a regular engine, how much horsepower am I losing? And it's just not, it's not enough. It's negligible considering the value that's added by keeping your filter clean. Sure. But uh, conversely, though, I think um, there are those that would say that it doesn't- take away any horsepower that like it doesn't matter what type of intake you make it's uh you know it, it doesn't matter but you you we could literally see three to yeah. four horsepower yeah, about three and a half on off on yep. off and it's yep. like a light switch and and again this is the lower cfm so they're sending me out the 9001 r for when we put the blower on so that when we do mm-hmm. the next dyno run we'll mm-hmm. be able to even do it with the regular 9001 versus the 9001 r to show if there's any kind of a difference there too which i thought was pretty cool I would take that three horsepower any day of the week over a clean intake tube. Yeah. Um, I had a friend that built engines once and he was working on one one day and I said, what's wrong with this thing? He said, the air to dirt ratio is off in it. (laughs) (laughs) So So I would take that with a clean intake tube any day of the week. That's a great trade off. Yeah, I I agree. I I think, you know, it ends up being like a one and a half percent or something like that. 
Um, yeah. You know, that's to, to have a clean intake charge for your engine, keep your oil clean longer, keep everything and all the, the junk out of it. Totally worthwhile, especially on a vehicle that sees a lot of off-road use. Well, doesn't the kit, the, the Edelbrock kit that you've got coming for your Jeep, come with a, a new filter, an Edelbrock filter as well? Yes, it does. But this is uh, before the Edelbrock filter, so no, no, the I know that. Edelbrock filter won't have to work as hard. I, I'm just saying that that yeah. you wouldn't expect that to come with this kit. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, they provide a new Shame, filter as well. Sh- shameless plug here as well. Yeah, if your if your supercharger kit requires cutting a modification of the airbox, that negates the opportunity to install a snorkel system. And that's one of the things that we're going to be testing for. And another reason I like Edelbrock, there is no cutting of the airbox. So that's two That's two issues right there that you're solving. One is you can use a snorkel with it, which not every kit you can because they're actually replacing the intake tube and, they're, and the box. And some of them have an open filter element. But the other thing on a Jeep, it won't affect your fording ability. So, you, you know, you aren't going to have to worry about losing that. And again, with the snorkel, you have the ability to put that pre-filter on there and have a cleaner charge going through the filter. So to me, a, a supercharger that gives you the performance and drivability that you're looking for, but it still allows you to have some of the, uh, we'll go Winnebago man, accoutrement mm-hmm. that uh, you might want <laughs> on an off-road vehicle. It's To me, it's it, the Edelbrock really hit the middle of it for me. It's sort of the best of all worlds. And sure, there's some compromises. I'm going to compromise a little bit on maximum power, but I'm going to get safety out of it. Sure, uh, you know, I, I may not have, you know, the highest flowing filter element, but I can I can use my snorkel and have a cleaner, you know, air charge going into it. Whatever, the, whatever the trade-offs happen to be. I think this fits right in the heart of the market for a guy like myself who is looking for better performance and drivability that isn't going to go racing, you know, Corvettes around town in his, you know, Wrangler on 37s. Amen. <laughs> there it is. David, appreciate you uh, carving out some time for us. It's been a, it's been a delight, and I don't use that word very often. Or ever. To me. I'm yeah, not sure why that's you the first time I think I said a delight. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're, we're pumped, and uh, it's, it's nice to have an engineer on the, uh, on the phone and, and talk through some forced induction. So as soon as we get this on here, I know Holman will be reporting back to you. Yeah. And then we'll be reporting yeah. to our audience how his, his – one thing I will say about Holman having 25, 30, 40, 50 years under your belt of uh, reporting. Mm. It's a lot of um, years. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is. Um, you're good at bringing your – what do you call them? Not uh, Driving impressions. Yes. You're driving impressions to our audience, and I think uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely uh, definitely excited to uh, to experience it. I had a uh, my last blower was on my 2001 Ford Ranger FX4. It was an Explorer Express blower, and uh, loved the hell out of that thing. It was uh, it was awesome, and it was I think I made 271 at the rear wheels on that thing, and it had long travel suspension, four wheel drive. It was uh, 14 inches of travel in the front, uh, 17 in the rear. It was just so much fun to bomb and over the desert and do all that stuff, and I miss that. So on the Jeep, which is you know porky and heavy and shaped like a shoe, uh, it'll be nice to have a little uh, extra help uh, on the highway and, and off-road. David, what can we expect for uh, sound out of this? Uh, it's actually pretty quiet. You know, it's not uh, – and I think that comes from the OE design of the Eat Rudder Pack. They're designed to operate quietly, smoothly. Um, I, I, you definitely hear some blower whine. Um, I think if you, uh, you know, if you're on the highway and you and you push down the gas pedal to pass somebody, you're going to be reminded that you got a supercharger under the hood. If you're just cruising around town at part throttle, nobody will be the wiser. I, I, I'm good with that. I will tell you that the, uh, the AEV snorkel on my Jeep makes the most, uh, awesome induction noise. It mm-hmm. is like the, the Jeep exhaust is so quiet and I had no idea cause I'd never owned a vehicle with a snorkel. Uh, when I first picked up my Jeep from AV in Michigan and I merged on the freeway, it was 
and it was like whoa because it resonates at a really cool low frequency but i'm wondering if the supercharger will change that note at all i have no idea i look forward to your report on that all right david well thank you very much we appreciate it we'll check in with you uh soon thanks for having me this has been a blast and uh yeah you guys take care and hope to talk to you soon awesome thanks david have a good one thank you you too bye-bye bye-bye So if you guys haven't figured it out, we'd like to hear from you and our number at which you can leave a message for us 24 hours a day, 657-205-6105. That's 657-205-6105. It is... Hey, Lightning. What? What's the number again? 657-205-6105. Hey, thanks. (laughs) God. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. It's the Five Star Hotline! Five Star! Hotline! Hey guys, it's Brad up here in Montana. Just listened to this week's episode and had a quick thought. Did Jay just create the Two Star Hotline? I'm sure Gail's going to be thrilled that his phone lines are filled up with uh, complaints about the podcast. But no complaints here, guys. Five Stars, keep it up. What'd you do now? I honestly don't wait. Hold on a second. Let the uh, uh, the street sweepers out. Sweeper yeah, the parking lot sweeper. Can you guys hear that? Yeah, that's yeah, a street it. sweeper outside here. I don't honestly have any idea what he's talking about, and I'm not playing coy. I don't know what he's referring to. Hmm. The two did I give out two stars? No, but I I think at one point in one of the last episodes I gave out like the bank's phone number, but that's a any that's did a you number. Did you give that, out the bank's phone number an accident? No, 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 no. I don't remember that happening. No, no, no. I, no, I was talking about, I was going on some kind of a rant. I'm like, hey, if you want to talk to me, call me 24 hours a day well, you know, on the bank's number. But like, I wasn't. I think that's what he's talking about. All the angry so. people will call that and leave you mean messages. My voicemail is full, so don't even bother calling Clearly, me. clearly by design. <laughs> yeah. Hey, boys, this is Kevin from Texas. Uh, 84 degrees here. This time last week, we were down negative five. A diesel truck was froze up. Guess I didn't listen to you good enough. I never thought I'd have to put anti-gel in a truck in Texas, but I guess we all learned the hard way. Everybody I know that had a diesel truck froze up. It's it was pretty crazy. Now I'm running hot shot secrets uh, fuel diesel out of which I should have been doing from the beginning. So thank you guys for that. On a side note, uh, where's all the international? Scout content. We've had Jeeps, we've had FJs, Toyotas. He's joking, right? Of course he is, because okay. this came out after the international. <laughs> if not, go back and listen to the last episode. Chevy, Blazers, all that good stuff, man. How about we get some international scout content on the podcast? I know there's eh. a few of us guys out there. Nah. I'm currently uh, international a 76 international traveler. Nah. Um, I've Never heard got of another 76. Uh, parts truck. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but hey, y'all need to reach out to Dan Hayes over at the Binder Boneyard. He also has a podcast. It's pretty cool. It's helping us uh, helping us shade tree mechanics get these rigs back on the road. Well, anyways, hey, five stars out of them parameters, and uh, from Texas, we love you guys. Uh, keep up the hard work, uh, even though you're from California. I think, <laughs> uh, I think y'all doing alright. Talk to you later. Hey, I'm an honorary Texan, so it's cool. So, dude, I don't think that he heard the episode. Well, what day is that voicemail? Uh, February 23rd. He did not oh, hear. Oh, he didn't because no, he didn't hear ben. Uh, ben came out on March 1st. Right. 
So <laughs> that means we totally delivered. So we deserve 10 stars because of us knowing exactly what you were hoping for. And then, bam, we delivered. Go us. Go us. Damn right. All right, here's what you need to do now. All your friends with scouts down there in Texas, grab their phones and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts on all of their phones. Do it. Hey, guys. How's it going? This is Devin. Uh, I'm an East Coast listener. I've been listening for a long time. Uh, Your voicemail says this is the new five-star hotline. It's probably true. Uh, I've been listening for about two years, so it's not all that new. Um, But I'm listening to the international show right now. I think it's... uh, Oh, uh, you mean the uh, the show the last listener wanted to hear that we immediately delivered? <laughs> yeah. Not sure of the episode number, but uh, he says International started in the teens, and um, I currently have a 1921 International SE, which is a regular cab. I believe it's a ton and a half uh, pickup truck um, that I'm in the middle of restoring. It runs, drives. I have an oak flatbed on it. It has a winch um, that sticks through the back of the cab, uh, like, just behind the cab, stick through the base of the bed. Um, I love your guys' show. Uh, if you guys want more information on the truck, I'd be happy to send you guys pictures, and uh, we can talk about it a little more. Uh, my daily driver is a 2015 uh, GMC Sierra. Uh, it has Bilstein shocks. I had a deck system in it. It has an Adirac ladder rack on it. Um, I own my own electrical contracting company, and uh, I love everything that uh, sponsors your guys' show. And uh, Enjoy. Have a nice day. Uh, clearly, he is living his best life. Yeah, well, first off, do send us those photos, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. We love seeing listener rides. And, uh, yeah, love the fact that he's rocking a deck system in the back of his uh, uh, Sierra. And the uh, the Bierstein's. All right, well, if you uh, want to tell us what's on your mind, leave us a message on the five-star hotline. Five-star. 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 Hotline. 657-205. 6105. And now it's time for us to get into some news. What's new in trucks? We need to. Did you just say it's time for us to get in the nude? That's disgusting. Into the nude. Oh, thank God. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh, that was, I did not expect any of that. I could not have played along with your reindeer I games. looked you right in the eye to see if you were going to jump in or what you were going to do, and I, I had to take that reindeer by its antlers. Next time we're doing the ah, uh, no yeah. matter what. No bell, no singing, no shenanigans. Just we do an that uh. all the time. We just have it to freshen it up and I, keep The it reason lively. I like it is because uh-huh. the listeners know we're going to do it, and they do it with us. How do you know there's not a person out there who ringing a bell? A bell. Yeah, <laughs> no one's got a bell. Maybe they honk the horn. Let me see this thing. This is an actual freaking bell yes. from a, a a a Motel Six front desk. Like yeah. it's real, right? Yeah, that's not your computer. Here, here, listen, see, lightning's all fake and crap and has digital sound effects, mm-hmm. while your buddy Holman over here is authentic <laughs> and brings in real things like bells. Okay, you got. You want to start or shall I? Shill you? Are you shilling for something? Shall I? Shall I? Shall I? Uh, yeah, you, you can go. Sure, why not? All right, I've got a uh, question for you, Holman. General Motors patented something uh, very recently. I know exactly what this is. Oh. Because you really? when I saw it, I go, that's going to be something that if Lightning sees it, he's going to bring it on the show. And you and I have not talked about this, uh-huh. and I know exactly what it is. Okay. 
Let's see if I'm right. I'm so deflated now. All right, well, let's I see if so I'm right. I'm so excited. Tell, tell what you need to, and, I'll, and I'll, don't say what it is. I'm 99.9% sure I know what this is. It's patent number 16-538-897. Passenger foot massagers. Yeah. I knew it! You're so easy. I'm like, I, uh, I saw that, and I go, he's bringing that to the show. Yeah. That was awesome. I'm so deflated. I knew it. I'm like, I'm not even putting that on my list of news because I know you're bringing it to the show. The GM patent application describes a system within a vehicle's floor that equips said vehicle with a foot massaging system. Okay, then. I mean, I could go on more, but that's the you got it. I and it looks like uh, great. they massager. look like pillows on the passenger Wouldn't side. Wouldn't you rather hear the, uh, about an electric truck uh, doing Baja? Uh, yes, much more. Uh, Lordstown, uh, their endurance full electric EV pickup is going Baja racing. Uh, a variant of the electric truck will apparently compete in the 2021 Score International San Felipe 250. It'll be interesting to see how that big boy does out there. So big old crew cab, uh, basically three-quarter ton size truck. Wow. The uh, renderings on it were pretty cool. If you want to see more, head over to uh, fourwheeler.com. I mean, what's that going to be like when you're used to hearing trophy trucks screaming by with V8 power, and then here comes... And then it just disappears. Be weird. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't know what to expect. You know, uh, I've told this story before. My buddy Donnie, who owns FMF, and, you know, they make their living off of selling sound exhaust pipes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it adds a few horsepower, right? Uh, but they, it's sound. It's all about the sound on a, on an exhaust pipe, especially on a you know an old two two stroke bike or four stroke today. And his kid is racing moto on electric bikes, so his kid isn't even using his. He's not even using his products. Yeah. It's out there silent. Just I don't know. I with, just... with a with AirPods in his ears, listening. Yeah. You know, freaking like uh, trap in Maybe his ears. Maybe he's no no no. That's not what he's listening to. He's not. He's listening to the soundtrack of a uh, V8 or two-stroke. You think so? While he's on his electric thing. The sound yeah. of a, like a TRX N- supercharger wine. I'm interested to see uh, how their uh, platform holds up. I mean, this is a skateboard-style electric chassis, so all the batteries and everything are down low. Similar to what Tesla and other companies use. Uh, this seems to be the standard going into Rivian and will be another one. I'm curious how you know durable and, and what they're going to do for suspension. Their uh, rendering, again, is pretty cool. But don't know much about the racetrack itself, like what size tires or what kind of travel or any of that stuff. So um, I don't know. We'll we'll follow the story. I can tell you that if the endurance has a range of 250 miles, that's probably not enough because the race is about 290 miles. Will it be battery swaps, fast charging? I don't know. Be interesting. I, now I'm not giving it my full endorsement. I'm giving it my blatantly curious award. I think they're going to put a um, a wind farm, like a, uh, a on the a, roof, on the roof. Yeah. See, you're going back to perpetual motion machine, <laughs> and it doesn't. It just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. So what about the story where Volvo says to GM, "Hold my beer. We see your 2035 getting rid of all your internal combustion engines, including diesels. We're going to do it by 2030." Uh, I think it's all bunk. Well, I believe it from a company like Volvo. I don't believe that GM is going to be able to do it. There's too much riding in the medium-duty platform and the 3500 class. Um, I just I just think it's more posturing for the moment. Everybody wants a headline and a stock bump, and the way to do it is to uh, claim that you're going to stop making the product line that you built the last 100 years of your company on. You know, If anything, the key to growth is diversification, which, of course, they're doing with electrification and hydrogen and other things. 
why would you eliminate an entire thing that literally drives your business? So you're going to tell me that they're going to 100% transform their business to have zero internal combustion engines in like, what, 15 years? The CEO says, if you want to be in the game, you have to transform fast. Yeah, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I think it's a lofty goal. I think it's great for uh, uh, you know headlines on a newspaper. Again, let's go back 15 years and see what people were promising back then and where we're at today. We nothing's flying, and we still don't have a huge selection of the electric vehicles that were supposed to be mandated and taking over everybody's lives. And we certainly don't have the infrastructure. It says by 2030, Volvo will phase out any car in its global portfolio with an internal combustion engine, including I know hybrids. I know. I don't believe it. That's freaking bonkers. I just, hmm. uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Hey, great. If you do it and the world changes, I'm not looking forward to it. Kind of interesting. It says BMW, Audi, and Mercedes-Benz, German car makers that target the uh, same affluent buyers as Volvo, have not yet set expiration dates for internal combustion not engines. Not only have they not set expiration dates, Porsche just came out this past week on top of those announcements and goes, Hey, we just figured out how to make synthetic gasoline. It makes any internal combustion engine cleaner than electric. Well, if that type of technology has been is being worked on the other side of the fence, then that has to be the yin to the yang, right? That's the counterbalance that's going to keep internal combustion engines relevant longer. And we don't even know. There's got to be Porsche is not the only company working on that kind of thing. You have to imagine that every major oil company or energy producer is working on the same type of technology. So if the infrastructure exists for that and they can do it cleaner and better, it's going to be a lot cheaper for them to do that. And I just don't I, – I hate to say it. I just don't believe the fact that in 15 years, General Motors is going to kill everything. Really? That's literally two generations of pickup trucks. Nothing? Hmm. You're going to have the solution? Like that's – I don't know. Great if you can do it. I think you need a tapestry of technologies. I don't think there's going to be one technology that you're going to be able to drive your business. I think that's a death knell for a company is to um, pivot too fast and and be caught flat-footed when when things are not where you intended the uh, you know the target moves. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I saw. I think though, if you're going to get into electrification, you got to do it with like um, skateboards. Scooters, like yeah, yours. or like postal vehicles. You know what I mean? Ones that look like Johnny Cab. That is the <laughs> ugliest thing I've ever seen. Oshkosh, if you if you hadn't heard, mm-hmm. won the uh, new postal service contract for their new mail van, uh, and um, God, it's ugly. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's the it's the Johnny Cab from Total Recall. It's, Would you agree? Could be a little bit of Pixar uh, or Big Mouth. Here, there look, well. no, look at look at Johnny Cab. No, I know that's, that's Johnny yeah. Cab. Yeah, that's it. No, it's not. It's now, Johnny Cab is much more aerodynamic. This is much more <laughs> upright. This looks like they took a uh, a Ford Ranger hood and then uh, put the windshield of an Allegro motorhome on it. It's about uh, eight feet tall, and the nose is about three feet off the ground. And This is what you draw weird. when they say, when you're in, in uh, kindergarten, they say draw a car, and you don't know how to draw a car. This is what you draw. Am I right, or am I right? I just, it's... Listen, it'll be nice to see an update. It's uh, it's modern. The chassis are flexible. They can work with either electric or they can do gas. They can be uh, retrofitted back to electric later. You know what it is, dude? Look at closely. It's a Converse high top. It's literally a bread van. Like it's literally no. But can't you see no, Converse high top in yes, there? Yes, it's just it's dumb. <laughs> it's a, that's a dumb analogy. Uh, it's funny because the new fleet will be between fifty and one hundred sixty-five thousand vehicles. Really? What? what? Between fifty and one hundred? Like, ah, uh, hey. 
Hey, George, uh, yeah, that put us down for 50, 165,000. Like, what? <laughs> it's a government contract. How do you know? Um, by the way, we're guessing that this is also a skateboard chassis, although it'll be interesting to see how they do it since it can also have an internal combustion engine. Um, it's, uh, how do you feel about it? I, Unable to get words out? It just, I, it's not, I, was ex- <laughs> I saw some of the renderings of what was going on, and some of them were awfully ugly. And some of them were kind of cool looking, and I thought for sure it wouldn't be so dorky. I thought it would just be uh, better. Maybe it's the grill. I think it's the white painted grill really does it. I, it just the grill was gray like the bumpers. Maybe I haven't it's, seen the grill. I've only seen the side profile. What does the grill look like? It looks like this. Let me see this. Just looks like an egg crate, but it's weird. Yeah, that's uh, that's bad. <laughs> hmm. Interesting, or not interesting? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. So anyway. That leaves this reviewer cold. Uh, do you know what the uh, the program was called? NGDV. NGDV? Next generation delivery vehicle. <laughs> uh. Apparently, uh, some spy photos have come out this week of the long-rumored Silverado 1500ZR2. Tell me more. I uh, don't know anything about it. I just know that it was <laughs> Tell on me rumors. less. <laughs> uh, if you remember, we uh, went out to uh, the Yuma Proving Grounds and got to ride in Chad Hall's uh, brand new Silverado 1500 racetrack uh, last year with the big Multimatics, a big giant version of the uh, ones that are on the CR2 Colorado uh, that he's been campaigning and racing and doing really well with, where the reservoirs look like Folger cans on it. They're so big. Uh, you I had was, made some predictions back then. I was predicting that that was basically a... Uh, a precursor to these spy photos here. So it looks like it probably has 35s on it. Um, it's got dirt track tires. It's lifted clearly. It's got underbody uh, skid plating. Could you guess, is that a two, a four, six-inch lift? How, how tall are they going? Uh, I mean, it's pretty tall. It's probably the equivalent of a four or a two over an existing trail boss, if I had to guess. So I don't uh, I don't know. There's not The pictures are good of the truck. But there aren't really any of the suspension uh, other than I can tell you that it has leaf springs on it and you, there's nothing with the shocks really. They're, so the spy photographer did not do a good enough job of spying. Uh, it was driving. So he got driving shots. Kind of mm. hard to go underneath the vehicle for uh, shots while it's moving. But uh, we'll see. So anyway, uh, apparently Chevy Silverado 1500 ZR2 is going to join the uh, the Raptor and uh, TRX race now powertrain what are they going to do there that's got to be a i'm sure it's just a 6.2 with a uh, 10 speed although what if they put a black wing in it yeah buddy Hmm. okay uh did you hear no apparently uh jeep has respectfully declined to uh, drop the cherokee name of course uh that was coming from a spokesperson uh, for the Cherokee Nation. Wait, wait, what's the story here? Uh, apparently, I, I don't know the full story. It sounds like Jeep uh, wanted to have a meeting with the Cherokee Nation to talk about education and things like that With in regards to uh, their culture. They had asked Jeep to potentially stop using the Cherokee name, which Jeep respectfully declined. Obviously, Cherokee, huge nameplate for the brand. Cherokee's been a part of the Jeep vernacular since, what, the late 60s or something like that. I mean, it's I've been a long time. Um, and uh, a car and driver journalist went to the Cherokee Nation and asked them, 
you know, well, what do you think? And so it kind of became a hubbub that this past week. And, of course, with cancel culture and everything else and everybody being hyper aware of these things, it, it, again, it became a story. But it sounds like for now, uh, Jeep will be keeping the Cherokee name. And it sounds like both sides left the door open to uh, future discussions. But And as a Cherokee owner myself, uh, I mean, I, I would be uh, I'd be sad to uh, to see the nameplate go away. And I know it's you know, people are like, oh, cultural appropriation, this and that. But also, don't you think it's the other way around? How often would you think about the Cherokee Nation or about that culture if you never saw it on the car? At least this way, that imagery is, you know, out there all the time. Mm. You could certainly make a, an argument both ways. But yeah, I see your point. All right. And here's one for you diesel fans. Last weekend at the Diamond Piston Lights Out 12 event at South Georgia Motorsports Park, LaVon Miller's team, Firepunk Diesel made history with their S10 by eking into the... Hold on. LeVon Miller, yep. former Diesel Power Challenge champion. Oh, I didn't... Oh, that's right. I did know that. Yes, you did. I had forgotten. So his team with their Diesel S10 eked into the three-second zone with a 3.998 pass at 182.67 miles uh, per hour. In the eighth mile. 182 in the eighth mile. Right. Freaking in the eighth mile. Bonkers. This is the first diesel-powered vehicle to break the four-second threshold period. And, of course, what was it powered by? It's powered by a D&J Precision Machine Billet Cummins. 6.7 <laughs> Cummins. Uh-huh. With an extra G performance fuel system with a 14 mil CB3, 98 mil turbo, Three stages of Nitrous Express Nitrous, a Rossler Turbo 400, Neil Chance Converter, all put in the ground to 315 drag radials. And Holman. Actually, did I lie? Is it a 6.7 or is it? Because I know it's a billet block, right? Mm. It's a full billet engine. I wonder God if it's knows what it is. It could be a 5.9. I don't know. Yeah, I know it's a, based on, obviously, the B-Series Cummins platform. Sometimes the guys will go to a 5.9 because they're yeah. lighter. Or they do a hybrid. They do a 5.9, 6.7 hybrid, which is How much cool. do you think the truck weighed? Uh, looking at that truck, I'd say... 2,200 pounds. 3,090 pounds. Well, I was doing without the engine. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to put ballast in it to keep it from flipping over backwards. Why don't they just make it rear-engined? Uh, good point. Yeah, so that's crazy. Yeah, that's, a, that's Under an insane... Under four seconds in the eighth mile. 182.67 uh -huh. in an eighth. <laughs> LeVon, is, uh, he's just been obsessed for many, many years on breaking this record, and congrats to him and his team for finally doing this, and... Uh, just, just Google it. Just write Firepunk in Google and it'll pop right up. Hey, did you hear? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, then, in that case. No, no, no Go ahead. Oh, hey, uh, Dometic just released their new CCFT. That's a refrigerator company? Yeah. Well, yeah, Dometic, they do you know, RV. They do a bunch of stuff. But they're mostly known for their uh, overland fridges or RV fridges. Uh, they've got their new CCFT for the Ford F-150. It's a console fridge. Uh, that we recently installed and dropped into the center console of a uh, new Ford F-150 Raptor. Also, you're going to tell me excursion. what CCFT stands for? Uh, it's whatever. Compact something Compact console technology. fridge technology. Okay, I mean, got it. we'll just make it up. Sure. It has nine liters of capacity, which holds up to 12 cans or six tall 20-ounce bottles. Installed in the Raptor, and it's awesome. Basically, is a drop-in. Super easy. Installed took about 30 minutes and uh, no splicing of wires or anything. It's a pretty cool piece if you've got a uh, 2015 to 2020 Ford F-150 or the 2018 to current Ford Expedition. Uh, if you're looking for something on those road trips to keep your uh, sandwiches uh, cold or your drinks cold or you got road trip with kids coming up and you need to you know keep their stuff cold, it holds a lot of stuff. And I just uh, 
Wanted to bring it up for no other reason than it was a really cool piece, and I know there's a lot of F-150 owners out there. And by the way, Lightning, this does count as an F-150 mod. No, it doesn't. Absolutely No, it doesn't. It's not aesthetic. You have to drill one hole. Oh, man. So it's definitely a mod if you have to drill a hole. Okay. Now, it's inside the console, so you don't necessarily see it. I'll give it to you. All right. That's barely a mod. Just, just, just a little smidgen of a modded. Mod-ish. Hey, did you hear? No. Wow. That was a long one. Uh, (laughs) Pricing finally announced on the uh, most expensive Wrangler from the factory ever. The Jeep Rubicon 392. I did that preemptively. I think it's going to be ridiculous. Yes. The 2021 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 392 Launch Edition is slated to hit dealerships, uh, I think, within the next uh, month or so. Mm-hmm. Can I guess? Has a starting price of... <sighs> I just, just to keep you honest, I had previously guessed on the show that it would be 69000 just under seventy. That was my personal guess. Okay. I'm going to say it's a little more affordable than you guessed, and I'm going to go 65000 60, 65, five. Okay. Uh, should we do with or without? I'm going to go with destination because with destination is how you buy it anyway. Mm-hmm. $74,995. I can Ouch. only imagine what registration would be on that. <laughs> Try oh. again. Come right. on. Like $750 of registration every year in California. Seventy-five grand. 450 for horsepower. Jeep. And 450 pound-feet of torque. Hey, it's cheaper than a Trackhawk, which was a damn bargain. I guess. I think this What would it be cost badass. you to do a full Hemi swap? They're thirty grand. Okay. So if you have a fifty thousand dollar Wrangler Rubicon, like mm. not even top of the line, thirty grand, you're into eighty right there. So the fact that you get this from the factory with a full warranty is actually not as bad as it sounds. Are they what, really thirty grand for a swap? So it's about twenty two five to thirty five, depending on which motor you put. There's five seven. There's the six four, which is the three ninety two. There's the Elephants, Hellcats. Uh, scat packs. I mean, there's all sorts of different versions. Um, each one had different power levels. So, yeah, yeah. It, it ain't cheap. No, apparently not. It ain't cheap. This uh, this is gonna be a collector's item down the road, and I'm glad that I did not get it because I would be afraid to use it. Because no, it's just wouldn't. so awesome. <laughs> no, I would use the hell out of it, dude. I'd be going sideways. Dude, you're, you're putting a freaking supercharger uh, on your jail sideways around corners every day. Dinky, dinky. 3.6 liter. Yeah. Oh, I want to pet it. It's so cute. It's so small and dainty. Yeah. Oh, but when I'm done with it, it'll have more power than a 5.7 Hemi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it might. So, What's it rated again? Come at me, bro. What's it rated? 331 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Okay. At, at the wheels. Yeah. So you figure, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, yeah, so 331 at the rear wheels, so figuring 20% driveline loss, that's 397, so I'm going to give it a, even 400, so let's call it 400 horsepower. Strong. Yeah, it's strong. Come you're at right. me, bro. A lot Come less at me, money. bro. A lot less money, too. Way less money. Hmm. You're under 10 grand for labor in the supercharger. Yeah. Compared to uh, 30 grand for him. Well, and if it lasts as long as uh, David says it will, you know, meaning it it's not going to degrade the engine, so then you're, you're, you're the one laughing all the way to the bank. Talking to uh, Mike Rice at Adventure Off-Road, who's doing the install, he was telling me that he's got a buddy who installed one of these on his JK. So basic same same system, but for a JK same engine, at uh, what's it was ninety or hundred thousand miles, and he says he's been beating on it like mercilessly for fifty thousand miles and hasn't had any issues with it. Oh, good. So it makes good makes me feel better. Okay. Hey, did you hear? No. Uh, it still won't sound like a V eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you hear? 
No. Four wheeler. <laughs> Wait, that was so short. I'm going to do it again. No. Uh, four wheeler uh, announced its 2021 four wheeler pickup truck of the year. Oh, really? Out of our field of uh, Nissan Titan Pro 4X, GMC uh, Canyon AT4, Jeep Gladiator uh, Mojave with the V6 uh, gas, and a Jeep Gladiator Rubicon with the Eco Diesel, and of course, Rams TRX. It's got to be the TRX. I mean, it's not even up for debate. I mean, it's up for debate. No, it's not up for debate. Okay, it's not the TRX even... one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not even. <laughs> They just um, slaughtered. I mean, you've got the is, you've got the power. You've got the you've got the suspension. You have the 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 entertainment system, it's, the infotainment. Like it's, it's it's every bit as glorious as you have heard. It's it's all of it. It's all of it. I mean, Ram slaughtered everyone. Yeah. They just 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 butchered just, them. Yeah, it's, left them on the trail for dead. It's incredible. Hmm. Cannot wait to get back behind the wheel of that. Although I'll tell you, having one for a little while, you know, we had it for a week. There were times that I looked at that and I looked at the wife's car and I'm like. Do I want to take that to the bank? Do I really want to risk a ticket right now? Am I really in the mood where I want 700 horsepower? And of course, every time the answer was yes. But I'll tell you, there was that moment of uh, of hesitation where I went, this could be the time. This could be the time I throw the throttle on at just the wrong time and get the red and blues in the background. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. Okay. You have driven a few electrified vehicles. Sure. The acceleration in an electric... I know you haven't driven like the Rivian or the Bollinger. You know this for a fact. No, okay, I well, don't you, know this for a fact. Continue. I'm assuming you haven't. Okay, okay. Oh, interesting. Continue. Do you guys hear what I'm hearing? No, just just. Continue. I'm hearing that Holman may know some things about uh, these electric vehicles. Go, your line of questioning, just c- okay. continue with it. Oh, okay, okay. So anyway, how would you compare, if you could compare, the acceleration of the TRX to a comparable, quote-unquote, 700-horsepower electric truck. So you don't get the visceral, you don't get the sound and the smell. It's just different. I know it's just different, but like, I'm asking for personal reasons. I put my whopping $100 down on a Cybertruck, and it's going to be about the same price as Um, a TRX. They're both scary in their own way. One is just unbelievably visceral, noisy, power shoves you back and the other one has is almost devoid of so the thing is like when you're in a trx you get it all you feel the suspension and the shocks and it's squatting and it's stiffening and you hear the uh the 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 engine and the supercharger you hear the tires and the wind noise and it's coming 360 around you and you're you're getting into your you're you're trying to keep your eye out the w- the window while you're watching the rpms and you're just along for the ride it's like and you're just at the end of it you're like yeah and then you get into an electric vehicle and it's like certain senses you're devoid of like sound you're kind of devoid of you hear tires and wind but you don't hear drivetrain maybe a little whizzing or whirring um there's not a tachometer, so you sort of just clamp onto the wheel and hang on for dear life. And they're both uh, invigorating, and they're both uh, uh, frightening. Um, but I don't know which one's more so. Like in the TRX, I feel like you're scared of external forces, something in your way, a uh, police car around the corner because you're making so much noise. Uh, in an electric car, you're worried about internal because you're sort of sensory deprived and you're trying to figure out like what can you look at in the car that's going to give you an indication of what's actually happening they're just different i don't know how to tell you hmm. anything other than they're just different man because i'm i'm coming to that crossroad no, i not. really am i'm nope. coming to the crossroad 
this year. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com for all your hate mail to no, light. Oh, why is that? Why because is Because you're mail? about to tell them that you are giving up internal combustion and uh, are you dead mental? dinos f- for good. No, what? Yeah, that's what I'm exactly putting here. a Duramax in an old truck. Like, I'm going, uh, I'm doubling down on, on, mm-hmm. on. Are you sure you're petrol. not putting in a uh, Tesla skateboard under that thing? Yeah, I'm 100% positive that I'm not. Maybe I should put in a Tesla skateboard under mine and it would be running by now. Well, it's, it's going to go eventually. Mm. It's going to go. I don't know how many times I can say it, so it's going to go. I did go by there uh-huh. and looked at it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Didn't look. I know it's got a bunch of reflective dots from our 3D mm-hmm. scan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to carry a pocket full of reflective 3D scanner dots, and mm-hmm. whenever I have a project I'm working on that I don't want anybody to know exactly how much work I've done on it, I'm just going to stick them to it. Look, it's going to bore turn you. In stories so for right, you, you want you want to roll in the pain? You're rolling the pain. Eric, who you met? I think you met. Do you? Uh, met? I have not met Eric. I pointed him out. I said oh, that's Eric. That's when Eric. you were there, the mm-hmm. tall guy, right? Okay. So he's got a Jeep XJ. An old one, and it's beat, but it's lifted, and it keeps breaking. So he's been in there fixing that. Literally, it's on the lift. When I when I came here this afternoon, he was up on the lift, and he was doing. He had the drive line off. Then he also pulled the engine out of the Miata. Why all the engineers at 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 our shop have Miatas is beyond me, but they're into it because they're awesome. And he put a turbo on it, and the whole nine. And that's unfortunately his Miata is what slowed us down. We got going. We did the CAD for um, the radiator, the, the the intercooler, the core support. We started doing the duct work for your, your turbo inlet, all that stuff. We were going to set it to DD wire to have it lasered and bent. And then his Miata did something and he's been working on that. And he promises me that as soon as the Miata is done and running, which should be this the end of this week, which is what he told me, then he will be back in there. I can't do you it. You should offer him up your scooter. I, as, uh, <laughs> secondary transportation. I really should. My scooter hauls ass. And now it does, dude. I, I, I just being as truthful as I can. I'm trying to update I'm, you where we are. I'm, I'm not. See, I, I'm not capable of doing it. I don't know SolidWorks. I, I don't know how to get on a press brake and do it properly. I mean, I literally, I'm, I'm, I can turn a screwdriver. I can punch holes in walls and install Spe- speakers. Speaking of not knowing how to do stuff, mm-hmm. when the hell are we doing our welding competition? That's we need to just call Is Rick Wright. Let's and, do it. Yeah. Okay. Stop talking about it. You're ahead of me. You have the guy's number. Well, you let's were stick welding. You're already ahead of me. I've stick welded in the past. This wasn't anything new. Mm. Just because I had a chance to weld some horseshoes together. I got horseshoes. no experience. All right. Not let's at all. do this. All right. Call I, Rick. I Wright. will call Rick. I will call Rick. By the way, we were supposed to do a rap battle mm-hmm. this week with our sponsor. Reads. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No, we're doing it. No, I'm already do that. halfway done. I haven't started. You. I know you haven't, but you need to. <laughs> Guy. This is having having flashbacks of K Rock, the radio so, station I used to stop. work at. I, it's this is awesome. This was awful because I had to do it then. Where the guys are like, if you want to promote your Kokomo's uh, live event tonight, you need to wrap it. And That's like, what no. I'm saying. Because the, the problem is, is that yes, everybody's saying we want vintage lightning. We want vintage lightning, and you won't bring it. So if you're not gonna bring it, Kokomo's, I'm gonna get down with the. I can't finish that. Jeez. <laughs> this is why we need to do it. People, just truckshowpodcast at gmail.com if you want to hear the sponsor read rap battle. You're not going to go for it? I mean, do it. <laughs> what, are you just going to freestyle here? No, you're going to do it? You're going to hit it? No, I don't have my stuff written down yet. Yeah, I'm halfway done. It's not It's not ready. <laughs> Hey, lighting! Hey, lighting!
Give me the beat. I'm gonna get on my feet. Come on, you're supposed to like fill in all the gaps. I, I, that's all. That's all. Not like every eight bars. I don't know how to do that. I'm just gonna <laughs> make rhymes. Oh, I'm gonna drop rhymes without the music. No, wait, what are you doing? This well, is the end of the show. What, we're not? We literally have to get to email. I have a stack of emails here. We're 31 hours into the show. What are you talking about? We had one guest, and you're going to cheat the people on, on their feedback? We didn't even do uh, email last time. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. All right, Holman, you starting or my starting? Go for it. That's what she said. That's what she said. The subject line from Jacob Boone. Uh, Lightning, you missed your chance. You should have played that sound effect when Sean said, we take things sideways. Right after Mike Alexander said he was waiting for a sound effect. Thanks for getting it at the end, though. A day late and a dollar short. Always like your name, Lightning. Wow. Uh, here's he, he, uh, he hit all the good jokes. He did, yeah. Way. Here's your hard body. He's got a picture of his uh, old school hard body. Congratulations, Holman. You finally did it. The guy talking down on Johnny was out of line. Johnny is a great guest. Wish you could have had him on longer. By the way, you read the uh, Girl Dad email twice. I think we read this email twice. I don't think so. Okay, but, uh, but in case we did, I'm just going to cover our tracks by what's, saying... What's, what are you talking about? Getting Johnny? We're out of line? Like, I don't... What the was people it? that wrote in saying they hated Johnny Lieberman. Oh, yeah. He's defending it. Johnny. Gotcha. Yeah, no, Johnny was cool. I got one here from uh, Jesse Magana. Found you a hard body. Hello, Lightning Holman. Love your show. Listening to your podcast from Davenport, Florida. Just wanted to let you know that I found a Nissan hard body for the Heritage Project. Here's a link to the sale. Keep doing what you do. Love all the trucks, especially the slammed ones with great sound systems. Five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Thank you. And uh, that one's a little rougher than we uh, than we want. <laughs> yeah, it is. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, the email address to send us a note. Great show from Seth Anderson. Holman, it's pronounced nuclear. Yeah, that I, I, is I heard it. I when Keep I, up the otherwise stellar no, work, gentlemen. When I talk fast, sometimes I say nuclear. Yeah, you're right? just I just do it. It's yeah. just how I am. There's no excuse other than that's my excuse. And he says, uh, Holman, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I got this one here from uh, Ozzy Sadiq says, support for Johnny. After hearing some of the emails from episode 160 regarding Johnny Lieberman, I had to chime in. I would consider myself an auto enthusiast with a passion for trucks, and I appreciate listening to different perspectives from various people in the automotive world. I understand that some people may not like or appreciate what Johnny has to say or the way he says it, but he is knowledgeable about the industry and can provide a different perspective on the topic of discussion. Do not let the listeners suffer from the opinion of a few and keep bringing back Johnny as a guest. One emailer said he deleted the episode once he saw who you were interviewing. If I did that, I probably wouldn't have listened to half the episodes. <laughs> oh, dang. Even though I can't relate to some of the topics of discussion, I still listen because I'm going to learn something new because you guys ask probing questions and the guests offer great answers, insights, and some of the stories are incredible. On another note, I had a suggestion for the show. Since both of you have a relationship with Gail Banks, how about doing a monthly five or ten minute sit down with him called either the lightning round with Banks or breakfast with Banks because pre-COVID, Sean, you mentioned that you would meet with Gail for breakfast. He can address a topic or question from the listeners. Anyway, even though Jay is a cat hater... Both of you do an awesome job, <laughs> and this listener appreciates the work you guys Can't put in. Can't suck. Keep up the two-hour episodes, and that was from Ozzy. 
What you guys don't know is we have Galisode 3 in the works. Yes, we do. Lightning's next rap for the mini. Subject line from uh, Oh, by the way, that's rap W, not rap R. Yeah, exactly. You should rap that uh, email. Saw this at the grocery store. I thought maybe Lightning could rap the mini some more. That almost works. The name on the door is General Lee. Has an American flag on the roof like me. <laughs> Love the five stars, guys. Five star review. Five stars. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for the photo of the smart car with the generally oh, yeah. like Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody's having fun with it, right? Absolutely. Uh, I got this one from our buddy Ray. Haters go home. What's up, Ray? Says, uh, I just don't understand the vitriol directed at Lieberman. It's pure childish insecurity on the part of the individual haters. It has no place in a nominally civil country like America. Ignore the haters. Just ignore them. They need to learn to chill and act like civil adults. And that came from Ray. So, Ray, appreciate your, uh, your insight, our, our uh, voice of reason. Our conscience, the conscience of the Truck Show Podcast. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Episode 163, subject line from Trevor. I find your broken windshield comment offensive. And look at the photo that he sent. <laughs> a broken windshield that he's looking through as he's taking the photo here of his own truck. Yeah, go figure. Mm-hmm. That is the sign of, uh, how do we say Not this? Caring. Politically caring. Cl- uh, thank you. <laughs> Not caring about your vehicle. Yeah, that's sort of, it's the broken windows theory. Once you don't care about that, what else do you not care about? The wrap on my car. Have you seen how bad it looks? I know what color it is underneath. Oh, God. It's awful. Do you know, it's so sad. What do you? I have a question. Yeah. This is a legitimate question for audience. I feel like I should have a poll. That's what no, she said. No, <laughs> stop. Okay. So if I pull the wrap off, I have to rewrap it because it's got a uh, it's got primer on the roof and has primer on the driver's door from patches I never, you know, like stuff I got fixed in... Didn't need to paint because I knew it was going to wrap it. You just wrapped it. it? Yeah. I just wrapped it. Well, I, I'm tired of wraps. I'm just tired. I can't. This is the third wrap on this freaking car. And had I painted it, it would have been easy to paint and fix and done. And now I got to pull it all apart and like wrap it again. And it's going to cost me four grand to wrap it or it's going to cost me $4,500 to paint it. Which do I do? Paint. I paint it, right? 100%. But the car's worth $4,800. I'm Earl Shive. I'll paint any car for just $99.95. <laughs> this week only, you'll get polyurethane additive free. A $19.95 value absolutely free. With polyurethane, your paint job will have an extra hard glass-like finish and added durability. Your paint job will be guaranteed not to fade for four full years. Remember, free polyurethane this week only at <laughs> Earl Shives. Right. I'll paint any car for just $99.95. (laughs) And he just stares at the camera for a minute before they go dark. (laughs) Earl Scheib. I don't even know how to smile as the camera lingers on my face. So good. Damn, Earl Scheib. What do I do, Holman? I mean, I I just told you what you do. Wraps are going to look like crap and they degrade. And maybe if you paint it, you'll be able to get an extra 500 bucks out of it. No, but like if I paint it, then... But do or do I take the five grand and put it down on something new? Yes, and then make payments forever, like you do. I'm not making payments forever. Well, I mean, for six years or whatever it is. No, what do you mean no? Have payments, but they're not for six years. My man, wife's, my wife's rich. I'm good. Oh man, I'm not in your boat, so I don't. I don't. I'm. I, this has been something that I've toiled with for quite some time. My wife's not rich. I'm just kidding. I know that, but you, you got your wife does well. She's the breadwinner. Damn right she is. So what do I do? put the email and let's have a conversation for a second. 
I'm listening. I, I, I want to know what I should do. Do I finally ditch the Mini? Because yes. I don't want to put $4,500 into a $4,500 car. If I took that forty-five, mm-hmm. I, I could I'd buy something brand new mm-hmm. or new to me, right? Mm-hmm. But then I would be in payments. I don't want to be in payments. Why don't you sell the Mini, mm-hmm. get the freaking windshield for the Mercedes, and then just drive that? Why do you need all these cars? Yeah, I guess I, I just didn't I just didn't I don't want to daily the the Mercedes the Benzo. Yeah, all right. The six hundred five just is gonna. We talked about it before. It just beats up windshields. It's going to destroy that windshield. It's going to destroy. Even though I, I got my Ceramic Pro Kavacha, you know, the wrap on the front yeah. of the car, which, by the way, we have to talk to. we got to talk Dude, to the Ceramic Pro guys. Seriously, I have been booking guests for months without, and you're like, we well, got to have this person. I have this person. Let's Dude, do it. Make it happen. Here's, I'm going to show you the email right now to I Sam, don't the care. marketing guy get over there them, saying. You know how to get guest booked. Let's do it. I'm trying. All right, next email. So is so what do I do? You didn't, you didn't give me I an answer. I told you, paint it or sell it. Don't wrap it again. I'm not going to wrap it. That's out. Do I paint or do I sell it? Make the decision right now. How many miles do you have on it? 170. Sell it. Sell it. 100%. Okay. Because it's only going to become more of a money pit as it gets closer to 200. You have a supercharger on that thing. Did you get the supercharger serviced at 100 like you're supposed to? No. Did the head unit come off and oil get changed? No. Yeah. Sell it. Get yourself a uh, nice little Nissan Frontier. I want one. We talked about it. All right. Well, we'll you can't afford a new one. We'll take this off. Get get, get Get an old one. Four-cylinder, five-speed, commuter, badass. Don't care what happens to it. Yeah, but I'll mod it. Now I'm going to be in a, a whole nother just world. Just put wheels with... on it. Okay. Wheels and shocks and leave it alone. Then just go have fun. Yeah. And not care if the trash truck bumps into it or your kid borrows it and yeah, true. hits something. True. All right, go ahead. All right, I got this one uh, from Evan Jones. And uh, this is our friend Jeeper Jones, <laughs> not <laughs> trucker. Uh, he says, Lightning Holman, Sean, you're right. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. If you remember a while back, he was talking about Lycoming engines, and I was trying to figure out if it was a tank or an airplane or what. He says, these engines power many personal tanks. These tanks are most commonly built by Cessna, Piper Club, Cub Crafters, Technam, Robinson, Helitanks, and even some airboats. At some point, we did manufacture tank engines, although I don't know much about them. I do know they were built for some time, and the buildings that they were made in have since been torn down. We make a few series of engines. The four cylinders are the 235, the 320, the 360, the 390. The six cylinders are the 540-580, and the eight cylinder is the 720. Put a 720 in the front of my Mooney, please. <laughs> All engines in the Legacy line are horizontally opposed, and yes, the series number is the cubic inches of each engine. Many of the six cylinders are equipped with a big Nagasaki Noisy Boy or some Siamese Twirly Twins. I'm guessing uh, those are propellers? We also make a little two-stroke diesel drone engine and an I-4 turbo diesel engine. Maybe you've heard of the Red Bull Air Race? Yep. Every one of those engines, along with the custom Thunderbolt engines, are made in the department right next door. Me, I work in the experimental department running all kinds of tests and mounting key engine parameters. Mounter, monitor, key engine parameters. Didn't you get uh, sick and almost barf in a uh, Red Bull plane once? Uh, I did not almost barf, but I definitely was super, super ill. So ill after <laughs> going like up. like days, wasn't it? For two days afterwards, <laughs> I had to uh, not go to work. That was, was the, uh, just like when I rode Montezuma Revenge at Knott's Berry Farm, I think 20 times in a row. 
Did you same thing? Yeah, well, this was I was so ill. Yeah, I was so it was pasty days. white and oh, it was horrible. Oh, anyway, uh, he's great said, experience. So I, I I'm glad I did it because yeah. at that cross time, it off your book. You're not going or cross ooh, it off your list. You're not going back to, in to do the crazy somersaults yeah. and and spirals and. I'm getting sick listening to you. Oh, yeah, I, I have to take a uh, there's a a patch a scopolamine that uh, you put behind your ear. So when I race uh, for good desert racing, I got to wear one of those because otherwise, I uh, I get motion sick now. I never used to, but if I'm riding along and not driving, I just I can't do it anymore. Uh, anyway, he says uh, he does this on engine dynos or mock flight stands. He says, I can't tell you what I do or what I've seen. In caps, that was for you. Hate you. Uh, but it's interesting in pre-production development. One engine we're working on now is set to go in something very cool, but like Holman, I'm under an, an embargo. Embargo. You know, I thought the aviation buff would have known all of this, but ha, ha, ha. Check out Lycoming.com or the Instagram for more info and see what these engines look like. Check out the History tab for 176 years of manufacturing history. Hopefully I answered some questions. Probably left you with more. I'm going to uh, follow that stuff. Thanks, uh, Jeeper Jones, because, you know, I do love aviation, and uh, I find all that stuff incredibly fascinating. Well, I have to start here. How do you spell Lycoming? L-Y. Okay. Start with an L Y. Gotcha. Followed by a C. All right. Followed by a. <laughs> He's looking oh. at that. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I. Hold on. You took it for granted that everyone knows how to spell freaking uh, lycoming. Well, I, I don't. I did, and it's a lycoming. L Y C O M I N G dot com. Now this has this is not like the Lysholm supercharger. No, Lysholm is with an S and an H and all. Totally different. I'm just saying. Lycoming. Very not Lysholm. similar, but different. Not even close. <laughs> Corolla. Subject line from Trevor. Speaking of. Adam is an automotive guy. If you can have Lieberman on, no hate for him here. Why can't you have Adam on? Talk about cars and contracting, whatever. I have asked uh, Lightning for this very uh, question for about three years now. And uh, Lightning worked hand in hand with uh, Adam on a regular basis for a decade. They're still friends. And yet, no Adam on the show. If Adam's not being paid, Adam's ain't going on the show. Well, we'll buy him pizza. He won't. He's he doesn't need any pizza. All right, I, he's got an elevator that yeah, raises his Lamborghini. Yeah, so Mira you look at it into, into his, his living room. Living room. Yeah, he yeah. does not need a pizza right. from you and I. Yeah, I mean, but but don't you think he gets bored of his life and he goes, "What are the common folk doing?" No, and no, he wants to come he, hang with he's us. He's a quirky guy. I mean, it, there is no telling. Like he could just one day I could ask him and he goes, "Yeah, I'll do it. What time?" Yeah. But I would you, say that you should ask him. Yeah. Why not? You know who wants Why to be a, 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 a repeat guest on our show? Doto. Matt D'Andrea. Now, I, Matt's uh, lightning is looking awesome. He uh, he just redid his garage. For those of you don't, that don't know, that's- The Motorator. That's Matt the Motorator. D'Andrea is, is Adam's uh, co-host yep. on the CarCast podcast. So, uh, so we've had him on. We talked about his lightning. Uh, I think it was a 95. Mm-hmm. He just had his- Well, he's been doing a ton of work on it. And he, the engine work, the trans, the rear end, the suspension, the wheels, except it looks like a stock Lightning, except it doesn't. It's so subtle. And he just got his garage done, painted floors, and he parked it in there and said, I'm going to take a picture before this gets cluttered. And I literally posted on his Instagram, I go, quietly perfect. Because that's how I feel about it. It's quietly just right. Just the right amount of modification where you know there's something special in there, you don't know what. But not so far that it ruins the charm of a first-generation Lightning. And I would love to have him back on. I will reach out. He'll be delighted to come back on with us. Yeah, let, let's do it. All right, I'm going to uh, end our emails with this one because uh, this person, D. Allen, claims to have found the Mounted Parameters girl. Mounted 
I don't believe it. Hey, Lightning and Holman, I was on YouTube tonight, and I stumbled across a video that I'm pretty sure features the Mounted Parameters girl. She even stumbles over reading the script much the same way. I don't have any other information other than she's a fitness model, and her name is Lacey. I hope this is a lead you will appreciate. Does it have a YouTube link? Yes, it does. And here we go. Hi, everyone. My name is Lacey, and I want to tell you about the Parallax Gyroscope Module <gasps> L3G4200D. She just said gyroscope instead of gyroscope. I know. It's oh it kind of sounds like okay, her. Okay, hold on. Keep going. We keep going. Okay. It's a three-access gyroscope module. Wait, stop. Right, gyroscope. No, she says access, not A-C-C-E-S-S A-X-S, instead right. of A-X-I-S. Oh, my God. Keep listening. That provides separate data, values for yaw, pitch, and roll. The modular angular rate. The, the modular, modular angular. Oh, my God. Do you God. think it's her? I I mean this is an old video though this this video it like clearly it feels like it's you know like it's got that washed out kind of old video camera to digital vibe to it so I don't think mm. it's new uh, this well, let's, girl let's keep going. The, the, the mounted parameters girl's got to be in her twenties. That would have put that. No. Uh, maybe not though. Uh, you don't know. Maybe that's her deal is reading things. <laughs> just just. Shh. Sensor tracks motions in three axes. This module has three selectable measurement scales. There is also a. Bil- She's reading something, so her eyes keep leaving the camera to read <laughs> the script that's under it. Built-in temperature sensor. This sensor can be used in robots, unpiloted aircraft, and remote control devices. Perhaps the best use is to pair the gyroscope module with an accelerator module because both modules provide details about speed and direction of travel. The power requirement... And she stops and she does this thing and then kind of looks at the camera and looks down to get her next line and, and then, then looks and up. And then she goes... Yeah. Every time. Uh, if you want to uh, find this video, it's a Parallax Gyroscope <laughs> L3G4 200D. Search for that, but uh, here, I'm just, let's just let her finish. For this module are between 2.7 to 6.5 volts DC, making this a perfect module for, for an Arduino application. I don't even know what she's trying to say. Arduino. Is that what it was? Yeah, Ar- <laughs> Arduino. Overall, this module is a Macho Cave must-have. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. Apparently not. I think we need to pull everything matters off of that. Apparently pronunciation. (laughs) Yeah. Give me that. Everything matters matters. needs to be a drop. Remember, everything matters. Could that be this woman? I I mean, mean, their voices sound sound really similar. Yeah, and clearly her expertise is reading technical documents. (laughs) You think so? I really do want to find her. I'm I'm not even kidding. I I want, I need to know more. Is there any information about this woman on that YouTube video as to, because remember, this was taken in Brownsburg, Indiana, where I was. So my guess, of course, this is just based on nothing, but my guess is she's, no, my guess is she's, Probably didn't travel that far to go be the voice but person you don't at know. UCC. No, I don't know. You I, have no idea. I'm You're just, just saying, assuming. Like, why would they fly someone in? You for, don't know. She may live there. Maybe it's the owner's daughter. I don't know. No, again, that's what I'm saying. She. That's why I'm asking. If this woman on your video is from the Midwest, then that was- There's no way of knowing. The uh, video, let's see. The video was put up uh, in 2012. It's not that long ago. Hmm. I really want to find the Mounted Parameters girl. 
I feel like she's been such a integral part of the show for three years, and yet nobody's been able to find her. Let's put an end cap to it, a, a, some punctuation and exclamation mark. Let's do an interview and tell her how much she's helped us grow the show and how much we love her. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. You're telling me that that's what we're going to have to do. We're sorry. If we find her. Apologize? Yeah, just yes. up front. We're sorry we need to. You had no idea you've lived on in infamy forever. Or or it might crack her up. Who knows? I, Maybe she's got I a great she's awesome. humor. Of course she does. Mount her pair meters, girl. We're coming to find you because we heart you. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com if you think you might have another lead for us to follow. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And he's at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast. Find us on your uh, favorite social media platform, unless you like Twitter, because... Uh, well, while some of us are there, we're not active. I that. thought we had taken a break for like months and months. You didn't mention Twitter. Now it's back. Yep. Yep. That's how I roll. Did you know that uh, if you want to know more or ask a question or just talk to us and leave us your thoughts, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Or at truckshowpodcast on the gram because we, I've been pretty good lately answering direct messages. Actually, you haven't been good. You've been answering them and then I find out some half-baked conversation that's been left hanging and then I have to go back in there and figure out what the hell you've been doing. That happens sometimes. Today. Don't, did it really yeah, happen today? It did. What were we talking about? I read this uh, response to somebody where it was like several uh, responses back and forth about how, yeah, let's get you on the show. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah, that's great. And it was just like Oh, silence. it was a dude that had a cool truck. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a guy like, yeah, we need to talk yeah. to you about your truck. What you need to do is what mm-hmm. I do, and that's tell them to email us so we can actually follow up on it rather than just linger in the uh, DMs of Instagram where they die. <laughs> if, you've, like, <laughs> if you ever Instagram direct messaged us and we haven't responded or we did and we stopped, it's not because we're ignoring you. It's because you just fell off of our radar. You got you went to the bottom of the uh, the DM pile and we just can't go that deep. Well, look. No joke, if you really do want us to respond and make note of it, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's really the best place. Because we, we'll we're on email all day, every yeah. day for work. So we're not on social sense. all the time, yeah. so it's just easier that way. Well, uh, that was a pretty good show. I think we learned something about uh, superchargers, so that was awesome. And uh, I feel like he built some, um, he instilled some confidence in you to move forward with the, uh, you know, the installation. Well, I, you know, I did a bunch of research, and uh, after talking to David, I, I figured out, you know what, this is the way to go, and I'm excited to experience a uh, Jeep Wrangler with 400 horsepower. And I like the fact that you, uh, you know, you, you, you said you weren't going to modify it, and here you are, digging into the engine. Uh, let's see, it's mm-hmm. rear uh, chrome-oily axle shafts, uh, center force, dual friction clutch, and heavier flywheel, supercharger. Yeah, I mean, that's not a lot. <laughs> the whole thing's only been apart a few times. Uh-huh. Uh, shout yeah. out to Mike Rice over at Adventure Off Road. Shout out to your on. shout out to your wife who yeah, uh, that, hopefully doesn't know what you've done to the Jeep. No, she's going to want to drive it now. I think so. Oh really? God, do you, do you? She's a full on speed demon, and she's like, no, I, can, I know, but, but she's I can not, drive stick. She's not a jeeper though. Yeah, yeah, she'll drive anything. I remember the first time when we first met, she was trying to sell me on the fact that she could drive stick, mm-hmm. and nobody had ever driven my other one, and she talked me into the keys. And oh, don't tell me she ground the gears. I just it it she did okay for not doing it for a long time. Uh-huh. 
And it was enough for me. <laughs> it was enough. It's very polite of you to say. Been together for, you know, seven years now. And, uh-huh. and uh, Oh, you just celebrated your anniversary not did. long ago. We yeah, did, yeah, just a couple weeks ago. And uh, she still hasn't driven the new Jeep. <laughs> so, Smart man. It's been, I uh, commend you for that. <laughs> it's been a, been a while. She's like, oh, I'll just move it out of the driveway. Uh-huh. I'll be dead asleep on the couch. Yeah. And she's like, hey, I need you to move your Jeep. And it's like, oh. So let me ask you this. And she'll be like, hold on. She'll be like. I'm just gonna take your keys and move it, dude. I am out the door and in the driver's seat so fast. If you had a brand new Nissan Titan, would you trust her with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. She's driven. Uh, she's driven some of our trucks before. She's driven the Titan. Okay. Yeah, she loves it. Is that because it's so easy to drive, or what? Or because it's because it would because I it's foolproof because it doesn't. I just don't want people driving <laughs> my Jeep and. I know it's quirks. I know how it operates, and it just hurts me a little bit every time somebody gets in and doesn't know those things. I want to hear from our listeners if uh, if they have the same thing or mm-hmm. if uh, their cars and their spouses are like just – there are cars, whoever drives whatever, or if you have your own car that yeah. you sort of hoard. How many uh, vehicles have you had sitting in the in the uh, in the driveway where they have been uh, scratched by a scooter handlebar or the uh, or or the lawnmower running past them? Um, since I've had the three-car garage in the wide driveway mm. or my original house. So I guess what I'm getting at is it's been <laughs> happening to me lately, and it yeah. doesn't make me happy. No, what you have to do is wrap duct tape around anything the kids are moving in and out of the garage. So it's it's the neighbor kids, and uh, and, and I love them. They're, they're, honestly, they're darling kids, but, like, I just, uh, my kids have been, they've tried to tell them without telling them, like, hey, How old are they? Uh, they're twins. These kids are so. If one goes missing, like nine. We need to figure out which one's doing it, and then if that one goes missing, they have a spare. They're oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, he's right over there. (laughs) Good plan. I got that problem right away. Yep, just take him out to the desert, leave him there like a cat. (laughs) No, not like a cat. Yes, of course. Wait, you don't tell me you haven't done that before with a cat. (laughs) Never done that with a cat. don't think that's appropriate for a cat or a human. I, I just meant maybe take him to uh-huh. his grandma's house. Well, I'll tell you a story days. off air sometime. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I'll look forward to that. Uh, before we, you can tell me that story, of course, we have to thank our sponsors. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a- uh, Cat friendly, I hear Nissan is. Absolutely. Yep. If you're looking to uh, take uh, a cat- as homeless <laughs> and bring them to a new home. Uh-huh. You can do that in the back of an envy van. Can you imagine how many how many beautiful like cuddly little felines you could put in the back of an envy van? Oh my gosh, you so many. Mm-hmm. And you would of course take them to their new homes. Uh-huh. Oh, as they're resting on like those furry soft cat pillow things. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and they're all stretched out because there's so much room. Oh, do they have those NV climbing van. things that cats yes. use? Like they yes. have those too. Like, in fact, you don't even need to take them to the desert because they can live in the van. Oh really? They <laughs> live right in the van. <laughs> Well, you know, you if you had a Nissan van uh-huh. outfitted with carpet and fur on the inside, right? Well, maybe you, may, maybe I'm I'm could a, live there. You wouldn't have to take them to the. I'm desert. like a pet washing service. Maybe I have something like that in the back of the van. Maybe, maybe you do. God, I would think that would be the perfect, the perfect vehicle. Is that for, a pun? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. <gasps> That's the name of my cat washing service. <laughs> I think, Perfect. I think that's already the name of a cat washing service. Oh, is it really? I think hundreds across <laughs> the country. You're, you're not the first to come up no, with perfect, by the way. Hold on. It's normally dog grooming, not cat washing. <laughs> they have cat washers. It sounds like a- Google perfect a, right now and you'll oh, find 50 sounds like places. A, it sounds like you're putting them in a machine and it's spinning them around. That's how you think get fluffy. Cat washer. How do they get so soft? <laughs> they fluff up in the dryer. 
in the back of the envy van. By the way, I just want all of our listeners to know that I'm the only one out of these two who actually had cats in my life. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Hold on. It's P-U-R-R-R-F-E-C-T cat watching. <laughs> Please tell me it's the site of a business on a uh, Nissan van. No, shampoos. No, I don't see anything about, uh, no. Mm-mm. All right, well, get yourself a, a <laughs> Nissan van and go wash yourself some cats. <laughs> and then what you've done is you've you've built the entire system in the back of the NV van on top of a deck system. So you've got all the squeak toys. They're no, no, hidden no, no, away. No, 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 no. What? You cut holes in the top of the deck drawer uh-huh. and you put... Cat litter in the drawers, oh. and that's where they go potty. Oh, so you just and, pull the drawer out, yeah, clean yeah. it, and oh, and I if see. you have a hole at the drawer at the back, uh-huh. just take a shovel or a brush <laughs> and just push it. Or let's say you don't have a van, or you do, or to the back of a Nissan Titan, you just put down the tailgate and you drive really fast with the drawers slam open, uh-huh. and then all the cat stuff just goes out I the think back. That, no, no, that would be littering. Thank you, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Littering. See what I did uh, there? Well, uh, of course, with all those cats, you're going to need a good set of shocks. So uh-huh. head over to uh, DuraLastParts.com where you can find a direct replacement OE quality twin tube or monotube upgrade. You can head over to uh, DuraLastParts.com or your local AutoZone dealer where you can uh, give your trucker van back those cat-like reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did we just do a, a, a cat through line through all of our sponsors? I think we did. Just so that we feel like we did it right, uh-huh. NissanUSA.com, Deck.com, and YourLastParts.com. Everything you need for your new cat adoption service. <laughs> Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 